All right, well, with that, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Legends hey, everybody. of Tabletop. Hey, Tabletop. Yes. yes we've been on the Legends of Tabletop in a long time, so I could interrupt John. <sighs> Mr. Mute you before we start. <laughs> you always say that, and you never do. Because I forget um, that you do this. You'll never learn. You'll never learn. Jesus. All right. So we have a regular episode tonight, quote unquote, air quotes here. Uh, we haven't done a lot of those in the last year or so. That's mostly on me. Uh, it's just easier for me not to have to schedule another thing. But, you know, we're 11 months into a uh, pandemic and we haven't really discussed it, uh, you know, very much on air. Not that anybody necessarily cares that we're discussing it on air, but, you know, you come in, you hang out with us, you listen to the show. So we figured we'd get get one in. Uh, I was inspired a little bit by the Miskatonic University podcast, our friends over there. Uh, Their episode 209, they were dealing with GM burnout, but, uh, you know, one of the things that came up was COVID and, you know, kind of took me down this rabbit hole of – you know, COVID stuff and how it's affected our gaming, and, and everybody's talked about it. But got a couple of guests on with me tonight, so I'll have them introduce themselves, and then we'll uh, just kind of kick this around for a little while. You know, we just off, Kurt? No. I already <laughs> do something it. already. Why? <laughs> Why do you make me do this? Hey, everybody. I'm Kurt Amuler, uh co-host of the MFG Cast podcast. We kind of do... Uh, well, it's funny because we used to do like more board gaming stuff and a little less RPG stuff, but I feel like now we're doing more RPG stuff and less board game. But yeah, just try to do a lot of fun stuff like board game reviews, talking about different subjects. We also have a regular D&D-ish podcast with uh, John and other John. And uh, yeah, just a lot of fun stuff. Thanks for having me on, John. You're always, always a pleasure, Kurt. You're right, Sean. I'm Charperson Brown, Bank 12 Games. And yeah, I like hanging out with these jerks from time to time and, uh, you know, talking <laughs> stuff and trying to sound intelligent. <laughs> and Kevin? Uh, my name's Kevin, and I play um, Rogue Trader Game with John and a few of the other uh, people on the team. And I think John and I also play on. Uh, play a D game with uh jesse who couldn't make it tonight so that's how i know everybody on the show is uh playing in a couple games uh with john I, you know we'll tell the story again right so <laughs> I, I know we've brought it up before but but it's like a one in a billion sort of thing so when i used to be on the nerdbound podcast with with uh with neil kevin was a listener on on nerdbound and so, when, good. No, I was just going to say. So I, I'm, I moved to England in 2012, I think it was. So I was trying to bank a whole bunch of podcasts to listen to because I was doing a lot of driving for work, and I work in IT, so you listen to stuff. And I think I caught on to Nerdbound right at the end, right before every, right before everybody's all the games stopped. So I downloaded a whole bunch of episodes, and what was it about three years later? I was trolling the internet for new podcasts and I saw the legends of tabletop. So I started listening and then the bumper sounds in the beginning. I'm like, I I recognize that voice. So I think I sent John a message on Twitter saying, 
you're John from Nerdbound, right? And he said, yeah, because I recognized just talking to him. And then a few weeks later, he said, you know what? We've got a, we need, they need another player for a Rogue Trader game. Do you, do you mind if you want to hop in and join us? So it was, <laughs> it was a couple years of listening to a podcast he used to do and then just sent him a message on Twitter and joined up afterwards. So yeah, it was, it was very funny. Well, and and how could we? How, you know, how could I not extend the invitation? Like, what what are the chances of all the podcasts and all the stuff that's going on that you happen to find the two co-related things? Right? Like, how cool is that? Search Google just for actual play <laughs> podcast and just going through them. So, and then the bumper. You know, it was the the beginning with the bumper music, and then John's voice came in, and I'm like, I know I recognize that from somewhere, so I had to try to piece back what what actual play podcast I recognize that voice from. So yeah, <laughs> one in a million. Yeah, no, that, that that's awesome. I, I, I love that little bit of synchronicity and it, and it's, and it's fun. I, I, you know, it's like we've become friends just because of like just some one-off Twitter, comment, you know, like it's, it's cool. I, I, I really enjoy it. And that's, you know, I mean, that's what this stuff is all about. Like it's fun playing games and, you know, uh, interviewing people and having stuff come on, but like this, like that's cool. Or really, that's the cool part. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, what's everybody been playing, if anything, with the, uh, with the state of the world these days? I've actually got a fairly regular group uh, that meets up, but because we, we don't really hang out with like any other people. So it's like a very, um, it's a safe group because, you know, we limit our contact with people. So we actually get to play some things now and then. So like we've been playing Great Western Trail and a bunch of the new stuff that's been coming in. Uh, I think we're going to be playing Cleopatra and the Society of Architects uh, on Saturday, uh, which is like just coming from Kickstarter, uh, which was an overproduced game originally, and they made it an overproduced, overproduced game. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> that takes some skill. Yes. Uh, everything's like pre-painted and plastic pieces and magnets that you affix to other pieces. And it's just monstrosity of a game, but it's like, it's super fun and super cool. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. i uh, got my daughter and her boyfriend playing some games. Uh, she's got a new boyfriend and he's really interested in it. He's like, oh, this stuff's really cool. Like, you know, he's never played any of the new modern board games. So I'm having to play stuff where, you know, we're moving miniatures around and beating each other up. And he's like, oh, this is so cool. Like, yes, one of us. My daughter's like glaring at me. No, you can't take him. <laughs> You're like, hey, he's a keeper, right? Yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> exactly. Sad thing is, is she's going to end up dumping him. And then he's going to end up being around all the time anyway, because he's going to be part of the group. Yeah, right. Oh, this guy. <laughs> this is awkward now. <laughs> I, for some reason, I see Sean in the background, kind of like a Mr. Burns type with the lightning in the background. Going, yes, come to us. You know? yeah. <laughs> how, how often do you guys get together still? Like once a week, more than a couple times a week? What, what's your schedule like? Uh, usually once a week. Um, sometimes they will come over to my place. Um, one of my buddies got me an early Christmas present. Uh, they got me a table topper from uh, the taper topper, taper topper, table topper LLC, uh, which takes your regular kitchen table and turns it into a gaming table. You've got these two big leaves that you basically put together, and it is awesome. So I've got like 
you know, cup holders and the recessed, you know, playing field, the new giant mats and everything. Uh, my buddy's basically a big kid and didn't want to wait till Christmas. He's like, I got to give it to him now. I want to give it to him now. And I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, so I got that. So uh, yeah, we, we come over, we just finished uh, playing the last game of Clank Legacy, which was absolutely amazing. The best Clank game that is out there. So much fun, just such a cool story. Uh, all kinds of ways that you can, you know, kind of dick each other over and screw each other over in the game. It's just so much fun. It's a fantastic game. Now, does does that game have? Uh, can you like repurchase? I guess the 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 materials and, and, and components and stuff that you're destroying theoretically and all that other stuff, so you could run through it again. Do they do they you know sort of have that? Ability. I know some of the some of the legacy games you can do that. Yeah, um, you can continue playing it, uh, and you might encounter some different adventures. But the legacy aspect, you're making tons of changes. Like you're changing the board, you're adding new things to the board, you're removing things from the board. Hmm. Uh, it's way too destructive to be able to just reset. Gotcha. Uh, but I, I've known a couple of people that have like bought multiple copies so they could play with like different groups, but which is pretty kind of crazy. Uh, but it's not one that once you're done, you could never play it again. Like you can continue playing this kind of unique version of Clank because you're going to have some places that other people may not have. So it's pretty cool. And one of the Stegmar games is like that too, right? You, you, you do like sort of the legacy thing and it creates the board game that you're going to wind up playing. And then like, Every everybody's game then is unique to some certain extent based on choices and stuff that they've made. I don't remember what the name of the game is. Charleston. Charleston. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And that one actually did have a way that you could purchase like a, a reset pack. Like, I think Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Like that. yeah. Probably heard that on the MFG cast. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kurt? What, what are you playing, if anything, these days? Well, fortunately for fortunately for me, I have a family, and if I didn't have a family, I wouldn't be pay, playing jack shit. So it's a good thing that I have an awesome family and we're able to play games. And uh, uh, just this last weekend, we actually got in at quite a few games. Actually, um, Logan was into a big uh, Logan, my son, who's ten years old. We he got into a big like let's play trick taking games. So I'm like okay, well, so then we we grabbed uh, Skull King, which is one of our favorites. Um, and then we did the crew and then he really likes love letter too, which is really simple and easy, but man, he, d- it's one of those games that like, he will play like, he wants to play like 25 times in a row. And it's like, okay, I love this game, buddy. We, we just can't play this again. He's like, just one more time. Okay. Okay. Fine. We'll play one more time. You know, that kind of thing, but no, it was well, cool. See, uh, you oh, got to get right. the different versions, right? So you could do like Batman love oh, letter. Oh yeah, I know, right? Cthulhu love letter, regular yeah, love. I can't do that. <laughs> we did that with Flux, you know, when we first kind of started the the podcast, and it just got to be too much. I'm like, no, no, not happening. The, the funny thing is, you like, unless someone is like, unless someone has a used copy of it, I don't even think you can get Batman love letter anymore. It's like oh, no. not made anymore. Yeah, it really yeah, it's me off. <laughs> Yeah, we were like, one of those things where like Logan just kept playing, and we're like, "Oh, let's get let's get that," you know. And you you go online and Amazon, you know, somebody's selling it for like thirty dollars. Normally, a game that's like fifteen bucks. I'm like, give me a break, that kind of thing. But the one the one good thing that it actually that it actually made me do is you know he was like 
you know, he's really into wanting, uh, he really loves the trick taking games. And he's like, I said, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try to like do my hand in something or whatever. So I said, okay, Logan, if you wanted, if you wanted a trick taking game, what would you, what kind of theme would you want? And I usually, usually when I ask him a question like that, he's like, I don't know, dad, don't just leave me alone. You know, that kind of thing. Or he'll like, you know, like the things that kids do, they'll look at the walls and go like, oh, that thing. And you're like, oh, God, come on, come up with a original idea. Uh, but he actually like right off the top of his head, right off the top of his head goes aliens. I'm like, all right, cool. OK, I'll think about that, you know. And so I'm actually working on an alien abduction trick taking game. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Kind of kind of got gotten the old juices flowing. And I worked on that at uh, during break today. So during my lunch break. So. See, you said trick-taking games, and I'm old, so I'm thinking bridge, pinochle, spades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty much it's pretty much that, except for just you know, just reskinned and you know, just a little bit different. So you can't really, you really can't do too much with the trick-taking genre. You know, like the crew, I think, has done kind of like the best kind of flip on the trick taking genre or whatever and there's like games like uh god what's the other one i'm thinking of i'm sure what's that diamonds yeah diamonds is kind of yeah a little bit different but it's still got still got the you know same bones you know you're still you know still have suits you still have trumps you know and you're just you know it's basically basic concept it's just trying to work a theme that doesn't seem overused and you know like this other game you know it's it's tough have you guys played stick'em before Mm -mm. Uh, stick'em is a trick-taking game and it's pretty inexpensive it's under 20 bucks and you can get it on amazon um, where you have a color that will score you negative points Mm. so if you win a hand each card that is not your color is one point each card that is your color, the value of that card is negative points. Right. So you really, like, if there's a hand out there that's got a bunch of your color, you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to win this hand. I need to make sure that someone else gets it. So it's that interesting balance of, like, you know, trying to get points and not get overloaded with negative points. Uh, everybody knows what your cult, what the colors are, so you can, like, intentionally try and dump a hand to someone else to really F them over. It's yeah, a, it's a really mean trick-taking game, but it's a lot of fun. That's cool. It's funny because when I was thinking about doing this alien game, I was thinking about, you know, I that each player could be like a race of alien, and they're all trying to abduct humans, and whoever gets the most humans is the ruler of the universe or whatever. But the thing I was thinking, kind of thinking of, is like you could have a Trump a Trump suit, but then if someone didn't want to use a Trump suit. And then I had, and then you had multiple numbers that could win the trick, but they're in different suits or whatever. And you don't use a Trump. I was thinking it could could be like everyone's tractor beam like fizzles out or like uh, misfunctions or whatever. And then no one wins the trick. So I thought, you know, that'd be kind of fun to do something different like that instead of having just, you know, it seems like every trick taking game, there's always somebody winning a trick. So I was like, well, what if nobody wins this trick and it's out of here? You know? So it's cool to think of all the things that you could do. That's a great idea to get negative points. I've never seen that in trick. taking. (laughs) All right. What about you, Kevin? Are you uh, playing anything or no? So we playing our, the normal game we've been playing. um, And then 
the funny thing is my daughter started uh, a new school this year and she's been talking about trying to get into doing some role-playing games and things like that. So obviously before lockdown, we checked out a couple of the local, the local game stores around us and, you know, put our name in and stuff. And then we ended up moving in June. I think we moved for the new school and literally, I think the first week she was there, she found a group. So they've been doing Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They've been doing DND. So I've been helping her with some of her ideas and she's actually really excited. So we're actually really happy. She's found a group that they're playing. So I think this week they did a, they did a one shot because a couple of the kids weren't there. Um, so it, it's actually funny seeing, you know, not playing for a long time myself and then getting back into it. Like I said, reaching out to John and then playing and then seeing my daughter so excited to start playing. You know, we went, we went on, was it last year we went on, vacation with you know us and then i think my mother-in-law came along and we went on a cruise and we ended up in a, a real little island off of england um called guernsey and the minute we got off she saw a game store went in <laughs> bought, bought the 5e monster manual <laughs> the 5e player's handbook so it's been you know a long time coming to finally get her into a group so it's actually been really fun seeing that seeing how excited she's been with finding a group, especially with the way everything's going on now, the, you know, the schools are still open. They're still going. So to have that where they can go and her school schedule, I think she has like two or three classes a day and then she has like three or four study periods a day. So yeah, it's set up perfectly to go find a gaming group and play at school. So it's actually been really fun. Um, and, and like I said, John and I, we've been playing, you know, a few times a month with the, with our group. And then at the beginning, I got real nostalgic for, um, we got my daughter an Xbox a couple of years ago. So I think I've played through all the old Laura Croft remixes for Xbox and then all the new Tomb Raider games. So I think I've played through all those about five times. So I'm now debating on whether I should get into Assassin's Creed because I've never played that before. So I think I'm debating on whether I should go play all the Tomb Raiders again or start on Assassin's Creed. So that's kind of why I'm weighing that up at the moment. <laughs> nice. Assassin's Creed games are so good. God, I love playing. Oh, that's what I, I it, so I, the, at the beginning of lockdown, you know, I was working from home a lot and it was lots of meetings all day long. So I would just have the old Tomb Raider game playing in the background while I was on these long conference calls and playing through all those. And that was scratching an itch for just remembering them before when I played them on PlayStation but I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go play through those again for the sixth time. So <laughs> Assassin's Creed seemed to me the most logical, you know, kind of similar kind of thing. So we'll see if I get some of those for uh, for Christmas this year for my wife and daughter. Oh, I still play the original Icewind Dale. I can't tell you how many times I've played through that already. Listen, I think my, I had that because I think I got it. Was it through? I have the old CDs for, you know, Icewind Dale and um, – uh, Baldur's Gate and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I still have those, but then you can get them through like GOG and things like that. So I have played the Icewind Dale. So that was another debate going back and doing those ones again. Um, but I have a Microsoft Surface now, so I don't want to try to, <laughs> I don't want to try to play those on that. I may have to try to think of some other way to play those, but yeah, that's another one was the one to, after that was going back to some PC gaming and try to do that. So definitely, I think well, I'll show you my, uh, my mouse pad. So there you go. 
So it's the the picture of from Icewind Dale. That's my mouse pad. For, nice. nice. <laughs> I got that for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. I, so I did a, a majority of gaming at work. Uh, I I conned the guy that I work with into trying out board gaming and and you know got a convert out of it. And and we do stuff that's light to medium you know something that plays you know it may be half an hour up to an hour if we cram all of our breaks together so you know after after that savage cruise that i came back from in, in you know february right around the um, super bowl i even came back on super bowl sunday it's got a fuck ton of gaming in on the cruise all savage world stuff and then we come back and we start hearing all this stuff about you know covid and flu and like oh, what the hell is all this so, you know, get to work and all the stuff starts coming up and, you know, restrictions in place. You can only have so many people in the lunchroom at one time and all that kind of stuff. So the majority of my gaming went away, like, right at the beginning of the year. And, you know, with everything, you know, the, the just constant influx of information and, you know, we know this today and then something else tomorrow. Um, you know, so we just, you know, my brother stopped coming over for dinner and, you know, that was my other source of gaming. So, like, you know, all the board gaming stuff pretty much went right out the window. Um, Kurt talked me into buying uh, Steam. So uh, so he and I were playing uh, games, teaching each other games on Steam. You know, more more in the beginning, yeah, we should do that again. We haven't done that in quite a while. I know. We kind of had that regularly going once a week, and then it kind of tapered off again. Yeah, yeah. And then we've gotten to play with uh, Sean a couple times, uh, play test a little bit. So that was fun as well. Um, but yeah, it it really sucked because, like, shit. What do you do with hundreds of board games you can't sit and play? But you know, as things kind of settled out, like things sort of went back to normal. So like, my brother comes over for dinner again. So we're we're back to sort of playing board games again, like once a week. We get like one game in, but I like. I feel like a real board gamer now because I'm just buying games I know I'm not going to play right away. <laughs> I, so just in the last month, I ordered Guilds of London, Ganty's, Gugong, uh, In the Year of the Dragon, uh, Another Glorious Day in the Core, which is on pre-order, uh, Small Samurai Empires, which is also on pre-order, although I think uh, Arcona actually has theirs in stock on their site, so... I don't know how a lot of stuff happens back channel, third party. You know, obviously they get their stuff first. And then I picked up the expansion for uh, Seven Wonders. I got the Armada expansion, which we still haven't played. <laughs> so so slowly I'll be like, hey, I got a new game. And he's like, another game? And I'm like, well, yeah, it is fine. I'll, I'll show you how to play. It's fine. So we'll do that like once or twice and then, you know, bring the next game. So it, slowly but surely – uh, making making our way through some of the some of the new stuff. Your backlog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. We I think I used to play Carcassonne a lot on the iPad, and then there was like some Java game could play. So I think we got that earlier in the year, the Carcassonne, and I think there was like the River expansion. So I think my daughter and I played a bit, and then obviously it fell off with everything else going on, and everybody getting busy going back to school. So I think. Coming up for Christmas holidays, obviously in England, there's a lock. There's like a big lockdown now. And I think my in-laws said they're not going to come up for Christmas. So we're actually kind of excited. It's just going to be the three of us because we haven't done like 
our family Christmas. There's always been, you know, when I was living in the States, I'm from Pennsylvania. I lived in North Carolina. So Christmas was always like, you've got to travel. It was always traveling. It was never that just chilling and relaxing and having a holiday. And then in, you know, in England, I think my in-laws live about five hours away. So there's always that you're getting the car packed up and going. So we're actually really excited. It's just going to be the three of us. So I'm looking around, we've got the, you know, the big dining room table. I'm like, yeah, that'll be enough for a big carcass on board. We've got a couple expansions, you know, that we're going to have a couple weeks off that, you know, I'm actually really excited. So we looked about maybe getting Catan also, but I think she really does like carcass on. I might just get more, you know, a couple more expansions for that. So, you know, she's, she's a teenager. So she's usually up in a room on her computer. So we said at Christmas, we're actually going to be around and seeing each other all day. We're not going to be everybody doing their own thing. So I think that's, you know, it's, having that backlog of stuff to do and planning it, you know, it is actually a bit exciting and, you know, it, it gets you through thinking while, you know, going through your normal daily stuff for, as you said, it's just the three of us seeing the same people. You're not going to work. I think John, you still, you know, you still have that interaction of actually going in being mm -hmm. an IT guy sitting at home. I'm not going anywhere. So it is fun. Just trying to plan that out, have that all stacked up, all the stuff you're going to do. And then, you know, saying, yeah, this holiday, it's just going to be all gaming, all kind of, you know, excitement of everybody sitting around. So I think everybody's really happy and excited for that coming up. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's changed for you guys, if anything, either, you know, in regards to gaming, which we've kind of talked about a little bit already, or, or if you want to talk about how things have changed, you know, sort of at home or, you, or, you know, working from home, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've had to do, well, I mean, since everything's online and there aren't any conventions or anything like that, um, we've had to put a real focus on moving all of our games that we're developing into Tabletop Simulator so I can actually get playtesting done. So that's been, you know, everybody that's been doing it, so like, well, okay, time to learn something new because uh, nobody had any experience with it. So that was a real uh, interesting learning curve. And just trying to manage the whole, uh, you know, my working space is typically at the kitchen table, my daughter's doing her school. So when you're having like competing <laughs> meeting times, so like she's meeting on her class and I'm talking and, you know, that's kind of missing hurdle to kind of get over. Um, I actually started gaming a bit more. Some people that I know that are in a, over at Yakima, which is about three hour drive from where I'm at. Uh, just because we're having to do stuff online and they meet up online. So, you know, we'll play things on Tabletop Simulator or Board Game Arena. So it's kind of interesting that I've actually been able to, like, get more in touch with some people that I would only have seen during conventions and whatnot more so regularly. Did, have you noticed that more games are shifting to that? Obviously, you know, they're kind of forced to do that now. So, like, John and... Kurt saying about joining Steam. Does it look like there's more board games that are shifting to that than you would expect? Or is it just the normal flow of it's a new technology? So I have a game, I have to create a hard copy of it, and I also have to do like an online. Does it look like there's more push to do the online stuff now, more focus on that? Or like are older games yeah. showing up or things like, you know, the older games that you would expect, are they showing up or is it just like newer games that are focusing uh, on that? A bit of everything. So Tabletop Simulator is interesting that um, there's a lot of fans that just scan things and put them up. It's not the actual companies that own the titles that put them online. Yeah. Um, but you're starting to see companies that own those titles 
go to Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia or whatever and put their games up because that's just how you have to market things now. You know, if there's something on Kickstarter, it's probably going to be on one of those platforms as well, just so people can actually see what the game's like or so reviewers can get the game. Yeah, right now, um, there's a game that we're planning on launching in 2021, and uh, we're going to be sending out some physical copies, but I want to make sure that our digital copy is up there and that'll get sent to the reviewers as well so they can access it and actually, you know, depending on how they need to, you know, play and interact with people. So it's a much bigger, uh, much bigger presence and much bigger push from all of the publishers. And and without having, you know, cons, obviously this year, you know, some of the stuff has shifted online. You've had PAX online and Gen Con online, a lot of the bigger ones. Um, how has that affected Thing 12 as a business? Has that curtailed things for you to some extent? Uh, you know, you're talking about releasing a game, you know, through, you know, potentially funding a game next year on Kickstarter. Um, does that change, you know, sort of what you guys have in the pipeline at all? Uh, it did because we had plans for this year that just got completely blown out of the water. So we didn't, I mean, aside from the games that we we're putting out, um, that we're getting out of manufacturing, we really didn't launch any Kickstarters this year. Uh, just everything was a giant, you know, mess from a psychological standpoint, from a logistics standpoint. Uh, it was just kind of a nightmare for everybody. And nobody, it was, it was really weird because you have all this free time now because everybody's working from home, but you don't have just the psychological tank to deal with anything and like move anything forward. So that, that really sucked. Um, when COVID hit, we did, we did one of the big cons and coming out of it, we're like, okay, we're all great. You know, we're talking with distributors that were over in different countries and, you know, taking that next step forward. And all of a sudden it's just like brick wall where we're kind of at a standstill. So, I mean, that, that did hit us a bit, but the fact that we're not doing it full time, kind of helps so we could afford to kind of like take a, a year off, if you will, and just focus on the things that we had to get done. Um, I don't know. We'll see how 2021 goes. It's a great big mystery that uh, <laughs> nobody has any idea about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know I, when you, sorry, Kirk, go ahead. No, go on. No, go ahead. You were first. I was going to say, what John was saying about that cruise, I didn't realize that was a gaming cruise you went on when we yeah, talked about yeah. that earlier. <laughs> I, didn't, I just thought you went on a cruise for a holiday. So that's no, the no. thing. So so did you go to – I know because there's there's local cons that you always said you go to around your area. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, I don't know if you were going to go to – you know, go out to Providence and things like that. Uh, obviously all that's been curtailed. Has anybody gone in to any – I can't remember if, John, you said you went to – any cons earlier before this kicked off a bit further into the summer, was there a few around you that you went to, I think up in Phoenix and stuff at the beginning of the year, any of the cons you used to go to all the time? No, see, most of the stuff is scheduled, you know, summer and into the fall. So like green con and Maricopa con and, um, you know, the um, Tucson comic con and and Phoenix comic con. I don't want to call it that anymore because, you know, San Diego, got butthurt about people using Comic-Con because <laughs> apparently you can trademark Comic-Con, which whatever. Um, so a lot of my local stuff, which is, you know, really more of a social thing, you know, yeah. for me, like I, 
you know, again, I would play games every day at work. So, like, I got my game fill in. But, like, oh, I get to see the people that would come down from Phoenix or I'd go up to Phoenix or whatever. So I missed out on all that. So, like, my, my biggest gaming thing was was the cruise. And, it, you know, and it was just role-playing, like, all week. Like, it, it, I mean, there were days where I just had, like, four games scheduled at four hours. Like, like it was just from the, you know, mid-morning until, like, you know, midnight. <laughs> it's just stupid. I, See, I didn't realize. That was, that I thought that was just a holiday thing. No, no, it was a last minute thing. So, so Daryl Hayhurst, who works for um, Ulysses, uh, they put out Torg. Uh, where he he's here in Phoenix, uh, up in or up in Tucson. I mean, so he had posted on Facebook. He's like, ah, oh, you know, I, you know, I had a roommate for this cruise, and you know, they bailed out. Is anybody interested? And I'm like. Yeah, like, well, what are the details? You know, I enjoy cruising. I enjoy gaming. Um, so we, we passed along the information, and I, you know, I spoke to the coordinator and everything. Yeah, so I, I wound up jumping in. I, I room with Daryl. You know, Shane Hensley was there, and um, guys from the Rocky Mountain something pod. They coordinated the whole thing. Uh, I don't remember their group now. Uh, but they have a podcast. I mean, there was, there was a lot of, you know, movers and shakers. Carl, Carl Kiesler was there and, uh, you know, a bunch of other folks. So, it, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it was a great cruise to be on. I mean, great GM. I mean, people packed in their, in their luggage, like 3d terrain. Like it was crazy. People were pulling out like boxes full of shit and what i'm like why should i take one bag like i don't know i've got a bag in like my backpack is that too much like i don't know <laughs> so that's i used to work on cruise ships and that's how i met my wife now thinking back that could have been the greatest cruise ships ever to work on was gaming ones and i'm thinking back how awesome would that be if just a whole cruise ship of people game board games role-playing that would just be absolutely amazing well so so we were a subsection of the cruise right so we had maybe about a hundred people with, you know, you know, people brought their spouses and whatnot. Um, I think we had about 65 or 70 actual registered gamers and GMs and stuff, but you know, obviously the cruise is 1500 people. So, so we were a small group, but we had our own space and, you know, it it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's almost too much gaming. (laughs) Yeah, you think? Jeez, you're just when you were talking about that before when you were going, I was like, God, that sounds so exhausting. (laughs) Like I get I get done with like our one of our sessions and I'm like, I need like an eight hour nap for Christ's sakes. And then you're like, Yeah, I I played like eight games in this one day, and I'm like, Oh my god, you didn't die? I would have died. You kidding me? Love role playing, but geez, I don't have that energy for that. Kurt's like 80 years old, though, right? I know. (laughs) I'm the oldest 43 year old in the world. (laughs) I mean, it was, you know, by the end, by the end of the week, it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm ready to go home. And like, now I need another week off to recover. (laughs) And didn't you get sick like the, like, as soon as you got home? Yeah, so so there was a number of people in our group that that got sick, and and someone had asked that you know her you know your scuttlebutt as people are walking around, 
you know, you know, is there Corona? No, no, there's no Corona on the ship. There's no Corona on the ship. What the fuck is Corona? What the hell is that? You know, mm-hmm. watching the news. I don't know. And it was, you know, again, yeah, we've got a beer. Yeah, what was the end of January? So it wasn't yeah. like it was a huge thing at the time that we left. So it was in New Orleans, which was a hot spot when we left and came back, you know, like, and then we had a bunch of people get sick and like sick to the point where like they were, didn't leave their cabin for like two days. Um, I got it. I was laid up for a day, you know, fever, chills, like, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, fuck, is that what I had? Like, shit, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, because usually you think about a cruise and you're talking about like norovirus and then there's intestinal discomfiture. Um, (laughs) And it wasn't anything like that. Like everybody got like a sinus chest thing. Like I was sick for like a month and a half. I just had a cough that would not go away. And I, you know, I don't know if it was that or not that, um, but it it sucked. (laughs) That was the end of January, you said, right? I think. And yeah, I remember. Cruise, yeah, it was like yeah. the 26th of January till like the 4th of February or something like that. And I think when we were doing some games, my mother-in-law came up in Feb and I drove her back at the end of February and we had just bought a new car. And there was about a week or two where I, I coughing, cold sweats, all that kind of stuff right at the end of February. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, you know, we went out to look for new cars. So we were you know, test driving and everybody's out looking and sitting in the car. So the same thing as John, I don't know if it was because it's around flu season and everybody gets sick and that kind of thing. But it was in that same kind of window where I'm looking back now saying, well, it was end of February. That kind of might've been, but I also look at it with my mother-in-law was with us and she said she was sick for a week or so also. And I said, well, if it was anything more than just a flu, she would have got it because she's in her seventies she smokes like a chimney, all this other kind of stuff that, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I think it was just that in that weird flu season area that you, you have no idea. And then you look back and you're like, well, could it be, couldn't it be? Because it's, it, yeah, with everything going on, you just don't know with John being in new Orleans, that being like the major hotspot me, I'm just in like the middle of Southeast England. I'm close to London. I guess that would be, but you, know, you, you just, you just don't know. And I haven't gotten any, you know, antibody tests or any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just everything was so up in the air. You just have no idea, and it's just going over in your head. Well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But being on a cruise ship, definitely that would that would lean. It was. I remember you talking about it when we get on, and you're like, "Yeah, I just don't feel good, and it's been a couple of weeks, and you know, it's hanging on and won't go away, kind of thing." Yeah, it was no bueno. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, luckily, it was just like it was. It was a week or so, maybe two weeks, where like it was really bad, and then it was just one of those things that just kind of lingered for a while, which that's like that's annoying more than anything else. But then you're like, shit, am I, in, you know, like if, I, if it was that that like that I infect and nobody got sick around, so like yeah, it's the thing. Yeah, is anybody else around you? Same kind of thing. Yeah, that's what we said. You know, no one else. Wife didn't feel bad, daughter didn't feel bad. I said my mother-in-law and father-in-law in their 70s, they didn't. So you're just like, okay, maybe it just was the flu because it was around that time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We had we had some uh something kind of similar. Like we this is, you know, again, this is, you know, at the beginning of and not really knowing what it was and 
you know, getting more information. We actually went to one con this year and that was, I think the weekend of Valentine's day weekend in February. And we went to a convention and, um, uh, I think right after that, Tracy got sick and she, my wife has multiple sclerosis. So when she gets sick, she gets sick. And so a lot of times when we're at, you know, even before this stuff all went down, like we're always having hand sanitizer. We're always washing our hands. We're, you know, be, being careful with what we touch and stuff like that, because, you know, when she gets sick, she gets sick. And like, even me, like I'm, you know, a decently healthy person, but when I get sick, I get pretty sick. And uh, Tracy had gotten sick and she had something that lingered for three months. And so, so now you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, looking back at that, it's like, Oh, could have been that. Well, maybe it just, you know, at the time. And now that I look back at it, you know, it just seems like a, you know, common flu or common cold or whatever that just for her, she just couldn't keep up with. But I also remember that there was that I had gotten sick and I, it didn't last very long, but I remember that I pretty much, I think I stayed home and I slept for like 12 hours because I was just like, I was just out. I was like, and for when it comes, when it comes to me getting sick, I'm not like other people where they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go make some soup and I'll sit up and play video game. Like me, I'm like, I, I am not going to keep this forever. I am going to rest and rest and rest. And I'm going to kick the crap out of this thing. And and I did. I don't think I probably was probably sick for maybe three or four days. Not a lot. But I, I remember it, it really kicked my butt. But then again, you know, like, I don't know. Was that a form of COVID? Who knows? I don't think so. But I mean, again, I don't I'm not a health expert, so I don't know. Well, and, and you know, with cons, it's the worst, right? I mean, especially, you know, for somebody like Tracy, mm-hmm. you know, being more susceptible. I mean, you go to a con in a regular year, even in the middle of the summer, right? So it's oh, not yeah. flu season. It's not cold season. It's not anything. And boom, you're sick. You know, you're at Gen Con for, for four days. You're probably sick. Like, <laughs> you just, you can't get away from it because you're, you're touching everything. And there's people everywhere and you're, you know, playing games, everybody's sharing pieces and stuff. Like it's just inevitable. And it, you know, while it may have hurt the industry overall, you know, it was such the right call to to not have all those conventions mm-hmm. because it would have been, I mean, it would have been apocalyptic. I mean, it sounds stupid, but like, like you said, on a regular in a regular year, people get you know this is a concrud, like it's got its own name. You know, I mean, can you imagine if you know we had Gen Con with sixty, seventy, eighty thousand people yeah. all crammed in? Like, what what a disaster that would have been. Yeah, I got influenza A going to Dice Tower West last year. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's easy to pick up stuff because you're like you said you're handling things that other people handle. You do what you can by like using sanitizer and all that kind of stuff, but it's just it's impossible to completely sanitize yourself away from everything. Yeah, and and let's be honest, I love people, but they're disgusting. Give me that. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get some people. You see some people like. I literally like walked away from a game table one day because someone was like going like this and then touching their stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could be the cleanest person on earth. I'm not touching your nasty. stuff. I'm sorry. I have a kid. That's the only person I would ever touch that stuff with. Cause I have to. not I you. Sir. My oh. card. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Why am I covered? Dice games or card games that probably makes it a million times worse, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got a dice game that I demo for people, and as soon as someone walks away, I'm like, squirt sanitizer <laughs> on the dice. I don't want to be people playing with plague dice, like it's not yeah. a plague game. <laughs> Good for you. I'd be like this. Here we go. Right in the trash. Hey, everyone. You want a fresh reset? Here we go. I know you can't do that. It's too much money. So. Well, I think from the con thing, we so we did Comic-Con in London last year, and then we had it booked again for this year. I think it was in May, I think we said. And obviously, they canceled it. And then we missed PonyCon. PonyCon's usually in October, so we missed my daughters into My Little Pony. So we missed a pony con and that was, it was actually really, it's a real bummer. You know, it's so the, the comic con is really big. There's all the presenters and all the, all that kind of stuff. And the pony con's a bit smaller, but we've gone for like five years or six years now, but you know, you see the same people all the time and it was, it was, it was a real big letdown. It was, you know, my wife and I just go and sit down and all the kids drop their bags around and then just go leave for the whole weekend. But it's just that fact of going away and doing stuff, you know, even for my wife and I, for the pony con, not presenting or going to any of the booths or any of that kind of stuff, just being there and seeing all the kids and everybody excited to do that. It was, and they did, they did an online thing where they had all their sessions that they were normally do, but it is just that hanging out, everybody getting together. You know, that's my daughter knows all these people knows them on Facebook. And the only time they see each other's once a year and they're not great friends or whatever, but they have that, that, that bond of, going to that and it was it did really suck this year that it was all you know everything was canceled and you can do a lot of stuff online if you want to do all the sessions about the presentations and all but it is that getting together and sitting around tables and going to booths and stuff like that it, yeah it was real it, was, it really sucked because it was always that october after summer looking forward to that taking a week off going for a weekend to do that and yeah, it was it was definitely different this year that you know those big things have been canceled. But obviously, yeah, you, you don't have any choice. You have to do what you have to do, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, well, and you take it for granted so much too, right? Yeah. Like you know, say you're relatively healthy, you go, maybe you get the concrete, maybe you don't. But it, but like even in the back of your mind, you're like, eh, you know, maybe I'm going to get it. I'll I'll take my vitamin C with me, and you know, maybe I grab an extra thing of hand sanitizer or whatever. But you're just, you know, it's just like one of those things. Like if it happens, it happens. It's whatever. Like it's part and parcel. But now it's like, fuck. Do I go to the gym or not go to the gym? Do I, you know, try to set up some, you know, some sort of gaming thing? Like, you know, it, it, you, it's a, it's a whole different territory now. And you can't really, you know, just sort of take that for granted because, you know, one thing could be like it. You know, however accurate, you know, again, you know, they're learning over the course of this whole time, they're learning all these different things that, you know, there could be some like super long term effects. Yeah. Um, and like, fuck, you just, you know, you can't take that chance. And, and it and it does suck. Right. I mean, it, the gaming is just such a social thing, you know, like it, it's, it's just, you know, the games are secondary, you know, whether it's RPGs or, or board games, because you just get the chance to hang out and, you know, just sort of, you know, be in that space, even if that's an online space. And, I, yeah, it's just, it's such a crazy, you know, it's stupid because you got people, oh, it's, it's fake. <laughs> like, it's 250,000 people. Like, 
well, it, oh, we didn't go to the moon either, right? Like, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's just stupid. So I've, you know, to me, the with everything going on, I've always been kind of not a private person. I guess that's the wrong way to say it. But, you know, I'm quite happy being in my own mind, being in my own space, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I think I'm a social person, but I don't miss that social aspect. Like, you know, working from home where I work, it's a really fun office. And I think we all get along. We go out for drinks, go out for dinner, that kind of thing. But missing that, not having that, I'm like, well, that's fine. It's no big deal. But other people I know work with are like, this sucks. I need this kind of thing from a gaming standpoint. So to me, it's like, okay, I see, you know, I see John every couple of weeks, you know, we, we do gaming stuff or you know, chatting, but to me, I'm like, yeah, it's all cool. But for you guys, is that not having that in person, not having that, if you're moving it to online stuff, does that fill the gap or do you still say, I really need that in person going to a place, meeting up at someone's house and playing, you know, because I said to me, I'm like, no, it's all fine because I'm doing all the same stuff, but just separated. I don't necessarily need to be with everyone else, but I know people are really affected of, look, I can't look someone in the eye because we're not sitting across from each other. And I really miss that you know, that really in-person kind of, you know, whether it's gaming, whether it's going out for a drink or at work, that does the gaming bit doing it online, is it, does it fill that need or is it, you still feel that there's a lack of that, everybody getting together and being together kind of thing? There's definitely something missing from the online portion, at least for me, uh, the way that my group tends to play. Uh, there's a lot of that, that social interaction, you know, where we might try and, you know, manipulate someone's choice, you know, by threatening them, like, oh, don't you come at me. If you come at me, man, you're going to regret it for the rest of the game. You know, it's it's the psychology to try and get into each other's heads. And that requires a lot of looking at a person and making eye contact and body language and all these, like, physical elements. That as well as just the physicality of a game, like, physically picking things up and shuffling cards, moving things around while the digital piece does, I think as good an implementation as it can. It's still not the experience that you're really wanting. And it kind of underscores like how much you kind of miss that. So um, it's definitely a piece that, uh, you know, like can't wait till we can get together and have, you know, some big giant, eight-player game where of the resistance where we're all yelling at each other and accusing each other and pointing fingers and you know screaming at one another and getting the police called on us and all that kind of <laughs> stuff well unfortunately for me i don't have friends so it's a hard <laughs> thing to kind of no i'm not oh, talking wow. about online I'm, not talking about wow. online I'm talking about here like where i'm with I you, live. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, like number one don't have any friends here number two Game stores, there are no good ones. It sucks. So, you know, we don't have much of a choice. So, like I said, I'm very lucky that I have my family. Otherwise, it would be online gaming all the time. And that would fill the, boy fill the void somewhat, but not, it wouldn't, you know, be as much as like, it, it, and it's funny too, because you know, in a digital, in an age, like I, I just, you know, just because we talked about it, like growing up being video gamers, you know, you think, playing some board games online, you think be like, well, it's kind of like a video game, but you're using, you know, you're doing a board game, but 
sometimes that can get kind of clunky too because you're like, I want to pick up this piece. Wait, I can't do it. Wait, let me hold on. Let me use my mouse. I can't can't click it. You know, and it's like your laptop's through the window because you can't do anything. But, but yeah, it's I, I think the con experience for us was kind of our social interaction of yeah. playing games of multiplayer, yeah. multiplayers and stuff like that. And like a lot of people kind of shit on Gen Con because they're like, well, there's just so many people and you're there's more of they're just trying to sell games. and That's all it is. But like for us, it's like we get to meet all these cool people that we've talked to. You know, we get to find out about all these new games that we've been wanting to know about. And then, like, there's so many places you can play. Like, I know in smaller cons, they do have that. But sometimes in the smaller cons, it's like, okay, there's 15. I mean, no offense to anybody, but there's, like, 15 Carcassons and there's 15 Catan. Sorry, Kevin. But, like, you know, and, like, there's nothing else. You know, and it's like, I've, I, I would love to play those games, but I'd also like to play something else, too, not just that. So sometimes the smaller cons, you just there's not as many other games for you to play, so you're you're kind of limited. So like the fact that COVID has kind of nixed that con season, it's really kind of been it's been kind of depressing because we you know we we'd even do some of the local cons too, and some of the local cons that we had, they would do a little bit more, you know, and it, it was cool that cool experience, like kind of like what Kevin said. It's like even the smaller cons, you go and it's like it's like the only thing I can think of. And even though I didn't really do it, it's like going away to camp. It's like every year you see these people and you get used to the counselor, you get used to the kids and you know, your friends. And it's like, well, we'll see you next year, you know? And then when you don't have that, it's kind of like, Oh, I don't get to see my friends, you know? And that's, that's tough, you know, especially when you, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a vacation, you know, our vacation. Cause we don't go on big vacations. It's like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to go do this. And I'm like, we're going to Minneapolis to play board games. <laughs> RPGs, you know, like people are like what? I'm like, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm like, OK, you know, so I think that's so, going to be a big fallout is those smaller ones yeah. after, you know, after this, that the like the one John, you know, the, there seems to be quite a bit around John and. I've never heard so many small cons of all the ones you go to in your area that that might be hopefully something they can kick back again because it's not Gen Con or Dragon Con or Comic Con. It's all those little ones that happen every two months or stuff that, you know, fill the gap in between these, you know, the big giant ones and you actually get get to go out and do those kind of different things. So it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see to hope, to hope they kick back up again, you know, when stuff starts to normalize. Yeah, and yeah. and most of those most of those small cons, they're already kind of fledgling, trying to get get yeah. it to even be kind of cohesive. You get that one year where like that, you know, they're depending upon a stream of revenue from the that people. Team going, yeah. And if they get that one year where they don't, then it's like, now what do we do? Yep. Well, and, and to speak to, to Kevin's question a little bit, right? So, like, this is the time of the introvert, right? Like, I'm, I'm a little bit like like Kurt in the sense that I don't have a lot of friends in meat space here, you know, since we moved out to uh, to Arizona. So, you know, all the all of my friends are online, hence the podcast. Um, and, you know, I play games with people, you know, at work and and luckily, I'm still working. I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, you know, we're kind of all spaced out in the building. Everybody's sort of in their own 
little spot. We don't have a lot of together time except for the lunchroom. And, you know, they, they sort of put the kibosh on that. We're like, Hey, we can only get, you know, you can sit at these X's so we can get like three people in here. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go eat in the office. Like, I don't like, it doesn't matter to me. Um, so like, like, I guess you take that for granted a little bit because I get to leave the house, but you know, for somebody like Neil who, who can't like, hasn't left his house other than doctor's appointments. Um, like it sucks, right? Like I'm not going to go out to the bar and grab a beer or like, you know, go like sitting at a restaurant, like we grab fast food, we'll grab a pizza or something like that. So like f- for that sort of stuff, it hasn't changed anything for me. Cause I go to work, you know, when the gym is open, I go to the gym, whether that's a wise idea or not, time will tell, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like my routine overall, aside from losing my gaming at work, hasn't really changed all that much. Cause you know, all the, all of our role playing stuff's been online for six years now. I mean, I haven't played a role playing game in physical space that wasn't at a con in since before the podcast like it's been forever so so like it's kind of status quo for me which is weird because like i like i get that you know if you can't just go out and like have dinner or you know whatever the random thing that you take for granted every day like that that's gotta hurt i mean that that's a shitty situation especially if you're you know, a more extroverted person, like, you know, you're talking to people at Walmart and you're, you know, chatting up the cashier at the grocery store, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't do that. I, I got earbuds in when I go out. Like, I don't care. Like, just leave me alone. <laughs> like, you know. So, so it's, so it's weird for me. Cause you know, when people were complaining about haircuts and stuff, you know, I, I shave my head. I do that on my own. Yeah, don't, like, don't even never... try to, don't even try to like with the haircuts thing. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Well, no, but but it, it it was never a thing that occurred to me. Like people, oh, I can't even get a haircut, and I'm like, oh wow, I guess not, right? Like it just never it never yeah. crossed my mind because I, yeah. I shaved my head. You know, it's just like another one of those things that you sort of take for granted, mm-hmm. you know, through this whole process. But I but I feel like us introverts are probably, you know, like for the most part, kind of okay, right? I mean that that has its own other set of you know potential problems because then they're you know potentially more prone to being depressed and you know those sorts of things um so so you know it's a it's a balancing act like i go hiking on a fairly regular basis especially now that we're you know like out of the summer here so like that's my that's my reset like and and i can do that it's close to my house and there's not a lot of people and i you know i take a, a mask or a gator with me when i go you know, I wind up getting into a conversation with somebody, which doesn't seem all that likely, but occasionally you'll cross some people as you're, you know, sort of hiking through and you make a little bit of chit chat. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird for me. Like, especially now as things have sort of settled down, like I said, my brother's coming over again. So it's kind of a normal sort of thing, which, you know, again, I don't, that may be good or maybe bad in the long run. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I live in the hottest spot of the world, Wisconsin. So, like, I, I didn't even know what changed because nothing apparently <laughs> changed because people are just like, ah, fuck it. We're all going to die. Cool. That's fun. <laughs> so, so, yeah. 
So, you know, unfortunately and fortunately for me, I, I, I work at a sporting goods store. I fortunately for me, I was able to take a step back from being out on the floor and told them I would rather be in the back checking in freight. So I was able to switch my job, but it's just the only thing that sucks is you get all these, all these suggestions about, you know, what people should be doing for, you know, social distancing and wearing masks and stuff like that. And people just find a way to shit on that or work their way around it, you know? And like, if they come to the back where I am, they're like, well, I'm not on the floor anymore. So I can take my mask off. And it's like, no, keep (laughs) it on for fuck's sake, people. And it, you know, and I, you know, and unfortunately I can't, I can't open my mouth. Like I, I have to find a way to, I have told people around me that I work with, like, you know, obviously they know that, you know, my wife has MS and, I'm not fucking around with that. So keep your mask on or get away from me. That's just the way it is. But with other people, now I have to figure out a way to nicely tell them without trying to blow up. And I'm a very nice person that doesn't like to start any shit. You need to have a mask on or do not be by me. And I, it's hard to say that in a nice way. Because <laughs> even saying it right now, I'm like, that sounds really shitty. But like, I have to say that because I don't want one mistake I don't want to lose my wife because of one dumb person's mistake. Yeah. Well, and it's stupid, right? Because there's, there's zero imposition for you to put a mask on. Yeah. I mean, like the, the science is clear. Yep. You know, and it's, you know, nothing's a hundred percent and you know, some of them they're open in the corners or they're open. If you cough into it, it's going to catch it. If you sneeze into it, it's going to catch, it's going to catch most of it. Yeah. If I have one and you have one, then we're both catching most of it. Like nothing in the world is 100%, but like it's the simplest thing that you could possibly do. Yeah. Like I wear mine at the gym. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I haven't like gone into CO2 deficit and died <laughs> or whatever. Like stop being stupid. Yeah. Just put the fucking mask on. Yep. <laughs> it's it's really easy. Like I will tell you, okay? So like I wear mine all the time. Like I'm probably like one of the people that does it probably more than most people do it. And I will admit like the first few months, like I would even have panic attacks, but I think that was more of a, I don't know what's going on here and I don't trust anybody around me, especially at work or like, you know, the first couple of months where you didn't really know. So I was like, well, just, run into a store quick and run out. And basically like, I felt like a madman Cause I was just like, run, don't, Oh, I saw somebody go down this aisle, get this thing, go out. Oh, there's no toilet paper. What do I do now? You know, Oh, I'll just grab this and I'm out of here kind of thing. And you know, you know, I would have some panic attacks. I would walk, run into the bathroom and I'll admit, I would, you know, cry a little bit because you know, it's just, it's the unknown. You don't know what's going on, but and you know it like i have messed up ears one of my ears is lower than my other ear so like wearing a mask is just really stupid sometimes and it it's it's not fun i get it but like okay we're trying to just you're trying to save a life the least you can do is wear it i know that i feel like i'm just reverberating everything that most people that have you know an ounce of sanity are saying but it's still to me. It just boggles my mind that people just won't won't do it. Well, it's funny because they're stupid. They're like, oh, there's no precedent. Wait a minute. We we had an influenza outbreak in 1718. 
And literally, it was the same thing. Put on a fucking mask and stay away from people. Yeah. Like, we did this already. This It's not unprecedented. We literally did this already. Yeah. Yep. So and, I mean, and, they locked people up, and they beat the shit out of them for not wearing masks. And I'm not saying that we do that. <laughs> but, I, you know, these are things that have already happened. Like, yeah. it, it's not some, like, crazy, you know, oh, I don't know about a mask. Like, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and they and people always talk about, well, what about the regular flu? Well, guess what? During the winter months now, I will probably be wearing a mask because I don't want that either. So we'll see. Well, I think there's um there's a big where I where I work, where my office was, there's a big university. And I used to get a lot of students from China and Japan coming in. And I think it's the programs they had. And it was that everybody everybody was used to that kind of thing where they would wear masks a lot more. And it seemed whether it was because of, you know, the different kind of flu outbreaks they've had recently in, in China specifically that, you know, you would walk around a couple of years ago and a lot of the students were wearing masks all the time. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, okay, well, that's kind of the norm there anyways, now it's over here. It's really, as Kurt said, it's it's not the greatest thing. It's not super comfortable, but it's really not a big deal. And you know, if you just make that a part of, you know, I've got I've got one in my car for if I have to go up the street. You know, I don't really go anywhere driving around other than dropping my daughter off at school. I'll walk up to the shops. I'll have the mask. It's 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 really not a big deal. I live in an area where there's lots of older people around. So to me, it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to do this because all my neighbors are a bit older. And it's really not putting me out. Now, granted, a lot of my neighbors are a bit older and they don't like wearing masks and they're always yelling at the at the cashier at the at the grocery store, but that's fine. I'll let them deal with that. Then, you know, at least if I know I've done my a bit of my part. Um, you know, and, and, and Kurt said you don't want to, you know, having a family full of asthmatics, I don't want to bring back anything that yeah. would impact them, you know, because it's it's really not good. And it's really not, you're not putting yourself out much by doing that. It's really not. And yeah, as John said, I have my headphones in, you know what, being an introvert, well, if I have a mask on, then really no one's going to bother me. If it was sunny out and I had sunglasses on, then it's, <laughs> then it's like, I'm a, I'm a shadow man. No one will bother me. I'll just go get my shopping and go home and have to worry about it. So. And, well, and what's it like? It's not a political there? thing either. Hmm? No. Cause I mean, no. look at all the different countries that are doing it. Right. Yeah. So it's, for anyone to say, well, you know, it's this political group or this political group pushing an agenda. Look across the world. Everybody's dealing with this. Like if there is no global conspiracy to <laughs> be pushing some agenda, like that's just insanity to even like contemplate that. The fact that, you know, they're having to deal with it in England and they're having to deal with it in uh, Japan and China and Switzerland and just across the entire globe that's a thing. So let's just deal with it and, you know, use a little common sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, well, and it's, it's more about helping people too. Like I don't yeah, wear, I, I don't wear it to help myself. I wear, I wear it to help other people because I care. I should give a shit. Well, and that's what they said. If you're wearing a mask, it's, it's, you're protecting other people. You know, if you sneeze or you have it, your mask is going to block it. So you're really not looking out for you. You're looking out for other people because you have the mask. So, you know, it is that just looking out for others around you kind of thing. 
Well, what's it what's it like over in the UK, Kevin? Or do you see? Does it seem like more people are willing to sort of follow through and wear masks? Is there as much angst as there is here about you know lockdown and masks and you know social distancing and like all that kind of stuff? I think it's it's not the, the same kind of things that in the states you see here. It's just not as much, obviously, because there's lots more people in the states. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I live in the south. I think the bigger hit areas have been more of the north of England. So the bigger industrial or the bigger city area. So London, obviously, but it's been more of the north because there's lots more people that live closer together in the north. But I, there's been there's been protests. There's been you know anti-mask things. I think last weekend there was. So I think it's the same as the states. Maybe not the intensity because I don't think there's that underlying. There is an American thing about not telling me what to do and all that. And, you know, the past, the past, you know, decades been pretty weird just with, you know, politics. And so I think it's more amplified than it is in the States. There is a bit here and it is the same kind of groups. It's, you know, it's kind of the two ends. It's either the ones who are doing it for a political reason or the ones that are doing it for some kind of, you know, anti-vax crystally kind of reason on the other end, you know, that's those, those kind of two extremes are kind of doing it. But I, I think there, I think there's, there's the, the, the lockdown and not forcing people to not do things or shutting shops. I think it's more strict over here than it is in the States because from a government model, like in the U.S., there's 50 different states, so there's 50 different kinds of governments, and then a federal government over here. Literally, everything's done out of parliament, so there is no really decentralized government power for like each of the counties kind of thing. It, it is all kind of centralized federal thing. So, if the prime minister says this is what we're going to do, everybody's going to do it. So there's not that fracturing individually of Pennsylvania does it different than Florida than Arizona. It is, you know, it's kind of very centralized but there is a lot of pushback the same but it's the same everywhere it's the same kind of the same kind of people either it's i don't feel like doing it or a lot of young people it's not going to affect me because i'm young and invincible and bulletproof kind of thing so i think it's the same the world over it's just a matter the intensity or how many people are doing it because of how big your population is kind of thing right well people got a people i mean that's (laughs) I think I think I think UK's famous for always those pictures in in the newspapers of like whether it's Christmas or New Year's or St. Patrick's Day, all the students going out being completely off their ass, passed out in the street kind of thing. And so each time there's a lockdown or a restriction the night before, everybody goes out and gets pissed. And, you know, so all the newspapers are all the students going out and well, because, yeah, they're getting their last hurrah before they're kind of locked down. But yeah, I think it's the same the world over, and yeah, it's just it, you just got to do what you got to do, and get what's best for you and you know the people around you, and it's, it's really as Kurt said, it's really not a big deal. It's really not that much of a sacrifice kind of thing. So, what have you guys been doing to sort of like cope through all this? Have you gone, you know, through any extra steps? Is there anything that you've changed in your routines? Uh, anything that, you know, sort of 
you know, greases the skid, so to speak, to, you know, just kind of help you get, get through the day? Uh, actually, I, I found myself getting, getting a, a, weirdly, a little bit more sleep, but also staying up a little later. Um, just kind of taking a little extra me time in the evening and finding something that, you know, the, the family wants to do because we try and give people, you know, their space to like, okay, you want to de family time because we're around each other all the time. So, you know, let's take some time away from each other, but then let's try and find something we can also do together. We might go for a drive, you know, and just, you know, just drive somewhere. You know, we've gone for walks before, just looking for ways to kind of break up the monotony and, and give people space when they need it. And also, um, find times to get together and do things together when the family kind of needs it as well. That's kind of what we've been doing. Uh, I pretty much would like, uh, model after what Sean says, like we've like, I've been purposely trying to get Logan outside to kind of get some of his anguish out because he does a hundred percent virtual and there's, there's a chance for him to go to school, but we just, we won't take it because yeah. unfortunately kids are great. Parents are terrible. So, you know, they just, they don't, you know, they don't care about this kind of thing, unfortunately, a lot of them. So when it comes to, you know, trying to, you know, trying to do things a little differently, like Sean said, like, we'll get outside, we'll go for a walk. Like we've been trying to do some, you know, different fun things, like um, make games out of stuff outside. And we've, you know, gone for runs and stuff like that and played tag and stuff like that. And, um, with Tracy, unfortunately we can't do as many walks and stuff like that, but like going for rides and stuff like that. And, um, one of the things we actually did was we went before it got a little cold, we went to a zoo that we could socially distance cause we did it from a car. So we just went to a small little zoo that they had and we saw some awesome, you know, alpacas and stuff like that. And it was nice to just get, you know, an experience, you know, but also it's funny too, because you do, you talk about like, we have so much time to do things. And then it's like, why, why does it feel like we don't have enough time, even though we've got all the time in the world? It's just, sometimes it's just ridiculous to me. It's like, I just don't have enough time to do these things. And, you know, so then, you know, every, almost every weekend we try to like find something that we're really excited to do and do it. Like, you know, with me and Tracy, it's, you know, play a board game or two. Um, you know, we've even found like we, uh, me and her have been playing uh, Super Mario 35 on the Switch. Just kind of do something together that we can kind of see if we can do better than one. Or you know, just trying to find different things to do is is a good thing. And it's the one thing I think that, unfortunately, I hate to say it because people say it all the time. The one good thing that's come out of this, there's no good things that have come out of this, but the one thing that's been kind of kind of good for us to do is like really kind of reevaluate what's most important, you know, and it's to, you know, really just, you know, deflate a little bit because, you know, things are, things are crazy right now. And it's, it's tough not to be depressed, angry out of your mind sometimes with some of the things. So it's like, you have to find ways to kind of deflate that. Otherwise you're just, it's just going to run, run you crazy. So. 
Well, when you were saying like, you know, oh, I, I, you know, you have all this time and there was that stupid being that was going around. I was like, oh, if you ever said you were going to write a book and you lack the time or, you know, do whatever the thing was, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's, it's, is it, you, you, yeah. Okay. We all have more time or at least some people have more time. I'm still going to work. My, my time schedule is exactly the same, but if you're stressed about, you know, not going to the job that you had before or, you know, we got $600 or whatever stupid thing that they did. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other concerns and, you know, people have to put that time in to try to figure that stuff out. I, it's not like you're on vacation for six months, yeah. you know, you're yeah. like, fuck, how do I feed my family? I got to call the bank. How am I going to keep my house? I got to, you know, gee, fuck, uh, I, I can't go anywhere, but I got to drive my car. So the, you know, so the gas doesn't get all shitty or whatever. Like, it's not like just, Oh, we've got all this free time now. Like it's just such a, it's such a stupid, I don't want to say capitalistic, but like, you know, it's this end stage capitalism where like, you've got to be busy every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it makes me crazy. Yeah. And I was going to say something about that before when we were kind of talking about keeping busy and stuff like that. It's like, you know, I have a ton of things in my head. I'm like, Oh, I could write this game. I could do this. I can do that. And I'm like at my lunch, you know, I was kind of cool that I was glad that I was able to kind of write out that game. But like, also I've done that on breaks where it's like, I could write this during my break. I can do that. And then it's like, my brain is just like thinking about all these other things with, you know, again, what you said, like money, money, money and COVID and health and blah, blah, blah. Ah, I can't do it anymore. I'm just gonna watch stranger things on my phone while I eat, you know, it's, <laughs> like, it's so, it's so easy for you to just do something like that than to be productive, I guess. And that's valid. I mean, you, you yeah. like, I feel guilty, like, because my thing is, like, I got to edit. All the time I have to edit, like, that's always, like, number one part. If I'm not doing something, I should probably be editing, right? <laughs> and and then, you you know, you sort of feel guilty. because like, you're going to work, you're going to the gym, you're making dinner, you're cleaning the house, you're, you know, doing all the things. It's like, fuck, I just want to sit and watch TV. <laughs> you don't sit and watch TV, right? And then don't beat yourself up over doing it because you have to have – that time to decompress, whether it's reading a book or, or whatever it is, watching TV. If you find something, if you have something that gives you a little bit of joy or allows you to sort of just disconnect from everything that's going around, you need to take that time and, and enjoy that time to have that space just to clear. Like that's why hiking is so important for me is it just gives me a chance to reset. I get out and wander for a couple hours and talk to the animals like Dr. Doolittle. And, you know, I'll just find a spot to sit and just, just sit. There's no people, there's no noise, there's no electronic hum. There's no anything. You're just in that space. And it's like the most Zen space that you can, for me yeah. to, to, to get, cause that's so hard. Right. And then, you're, you're walking back out to the car and it's like carrying water in a colander, you know, because the further you get away from the mountain, the kind of the further that recedes and you get in your car and like, ah, fucking asshole, tweet, put your blanker on, you know, like, you know, it's gone like that. So it's it's just so important to, to be able to get that when you can get it, you know? Yeah. I hate doing dishes. Like, I despise <laughs> doing dishes. The weird thing for me during all this is... I now enjoy doing dishes. <laughs> so like everybody goes to bed, you know, my, my wife goes to bed early cause she has to be up. She's a teacher. Um, the kids go off to their room and, you know, 
my daughter's in college, so she goes to bed whenever, but my my eldest is in high school, so she's in bed by 10. And after Betty vacates, put on some headphones, I'll put on a podcast, or you know, I'll watch Dice Tower or whatever. And I sit there and I clean up the kitchen, I do dishes and wipe everything down, and just sort of like this is a thing that I can control, a thing, a a situation that I can solve and I can fix this problem, you know, if you will, and make this better. It's one little tiny little piece that I can like improve upon and feel like, yes, I got something accomplished and I feel better, you know, at the end of it, which is bizarre to me, but you know, it's, it's where we are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like that. It's like that commencement speech you see every once in a while where the guy talks about getting up in the morning and making your bed, you know, before you even leave the house in the morning, you've accomplished a task as minor as that task may be. You, you've already got that behind you and, you know, have that propel you through your day to, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do or try to accomplish whatever you need to accomplish. Like, it's those little things. Like, I'm a lister, so, like, I write down – sometimes I write shit on the list after I've done it just so I can cross it off, you know? Like, <laughs> because it does give you, you know, a certain amount of control, a certain sense of accomplishment, uh, you know, whatever that is. But, like, all right, cool. Like, I did – stuff today like i did things it wasn't like you got up you went to work and you just kind of everything is in a haze and then you go to bed and do it all over again and you know some of it's boring doing the dishes vacuum in the house i did half my laundry already today <laughs> like, <laughs> put a little half on the list it's just, it's just, there's progress you know so no one else has done any sourdough starters, right? Because that seems to be a big thing where everybody's making sourdough. <laughs> My boss has been going on and on about it. And I look online, somehow everybody's doing sourdough. And I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I know. I don't understand how that trend was the hottest thing with this whole thing. Yeah. It's like, again, could have wrote a screenplay, wrote a book. No, sourdough all day long. <laughs> what? That's so odd. That's 2020 for you. <laughs> hey, when you know the, when everything crashes and we're banging two rocks together to make fire, you got you can make bread. Yeah, <laughs> so what is it? Was it? Isn't November National Right? What is it? No mo. What it? Yeah, it's the writing thing in November. So is it? I'm assuming a lot more people are going to be doing it, obviously this year. And but I think back to your point, like Sean was saying, it's the little things. So if people are home now and they're not used to being home, if you used to do a nine to five and you're driving to work and all that, it's just those little things to make the day go through. It's okay. I'm going to do the laundry. I'm going to do the dishes or, you know, you need those kind of signposts of, because if not, you're just going to get swept up into, you know, I'm used to working from home because I'm an IT guy. So whether it's on weekends or out of hours, you know, I'm used to doing that, but you have to put those kind of those, those fence posts in there saying, well, you know, it's 12. I might as well get lunch. Don't sit and eat lunch there because you're just going to be working doing it or taking half an hour to go walk out. Like John said, go walk out just to get out. You know, the whole self-care thing is, you know, working from home is great for me because I used to have a horrendous commute. So now I'm saving all those hours, but I also don't want to be working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. because I'm home now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we, I have a separate room where, you know, we have all of our stuff set up. It's kind of like the office. At 5 o'clock, that door's shut because if it's not, you're going to go in, well, let me go check that. Let me go make sure, <laughs> you know, check my email one more time. It's those little things that distract you, whether it is doing the dishes or, 
you know, cooking dinner. So I've been doing a lot more of cooking all the time because that takes you away from checking your email or doing things like that. So those little things are important because it distracts you from getting sucked into, you know, if you are working, you know, I'm sure Sean's wife is a teacher when she's done working, I'm sure she doesn't want to go back and look at it until the next morning, you know? So she has that built in that, yeah, I'm not going to focus on that until I have to, you know, John going into work, it was, uh, if we go to lunch, then we can do some gaming. Now that you're not doing that, you're like, oh shit, I guess I'm sitting at my desk checking another extra half an hour of emails that I wouldn't do because I'm not doing lunch in the break room now. You need to, even if it's something little like that, just going out and just walking around, even if you're not going to a shop, just going out and just getting out and mooching about for 15 minutes because it will break it up. And if you have to put the entries into your calendar or on your phone, just to remind you, because that's what I've started to do is, okay, I've got to do drop off for school half of the week. I have to do pickup at lunch. I've blocked out 45 minutes and at four 30, I do have something in my diary. It says I'm done because if not, <laughs> you're going to get sucked into that. So, and people will take advantage of it, not advantage as, you know, trying to get one over on you, but it's like, Oh, or if you're still there, can you check on this? Well, no, it's five 30. I'm not going to check on that. Cause I wouldn't, if I was in the office kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's important to set up those boundaries for being at home. Cause it's a whole new, it's a whole new uh, game for people now. Like you say, you're just, it's your, your, you know, your laptop is at the, at the table in the kitchen. So like you're, you're at work 24 seven. So it's, <laughs> it's important to, you know, kind of delineate that timeout or set us a, a separate space and, you know, in a extra bedroom or, a, you know, a side office or whatever and be like, Nope, I'm, I'm keeping my regular hours. I, I start at seven and I'm done at three and, you know, I'm going to take a half hour for lunch or whatever and, you know, get up and walk away and, you know, just leave that be like that's such an important thing. And I think, you know, a lot of people sort of got hung up on that in the beginning, you know, people, Oh, this is terrible. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. But until you sort of like figure that stuff out and, and sort of, you know, set those expectations, um, yeah, it's tough. I just use it. Just uh, my laptop goes down. It's like, oh, time to be done. Okay, <laughs> knock there the microphone goes. over and uh, <laughs> you know, shut the laptop down. And then I just walk away. Like, okay, I'm I'm done. And that's sort of like that physical sense of leaving work, even though my work is you know <laughs> in the same place. I'm having dinner in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So instead of playing games at lunch now, I read instead. So I've I've started reading again or reading more. So that's that's actually been a boon for me because uh, I I enjoy that um, and it, and it's hard to fit all the things in because I don't often have time to read at home unless I really get caught up in something and I'm like oh shit I got five minutes I could probably knock out a chapter you know and then I'll read a little bit more but. Um, yeah, I mean, I've read so many books this year already. <laughs> that it's, it's been, it, it, you know, it, it's a fair trade-off, I guess, you know, for me. Now, have any of you guys, like, curated your social media differently? You know, not only with the COVID stuff, but we've had, you know, crazy election time stuff. Um, are you pulling back from that? Are you curating that? Are you, you know, shutting it off? Deleting things. I see a lot of people are leaving Twitter at this point because 
information overload. And, and even without COVID and, and the election stuff, like it's still such a big drain um, because time is really the only thing that we have that's uh-huh. really worth anything. You know, and how you choose to focus your attention and how you want to spend your time is, you know, really the only thing you've got to, to work with. So have you guys had any of that stuff going on? I curated my Twitter account pretty well where it's almost all just board gaming stuff. So it's <laughs> fairly positive. So I enjoy spending time on Twitter because it's all just like we're talking about games and what games are you playing? And, oh, that's cool. Uh Occasionally something will pop up, but you know, like whatever, I just kind of move past it. If I want some news thing, then I'll I'll go to that. Facebook tends to be more of the talking about the uh, realities of stuff that are kind of going on. So I, I kind of have this like, which one do I want to spend time on? Do I want to like talk about all the crap that's you know we're all dealing with, and maybe throw out I try and throw out some bit of comedy every now and then just to give people a break. You know, when they're like when they're doom scrolling on their timeline, it's like, oh, here's a picture of some stupid thing that Sean just posted. That's really funny. And, you know, we'll talk about that. Or uh, whenever I get on Twitter in the mornings, I try and find someone that I can like do drive by dad jokes on, you know, and make really stupid jokes just to lighten everyone's mood a little bit, you know, whenever I feel like I can. Well, your 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 Twitter, your board game feed is a hell of a lot different than mine is then. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a very um, it politically active, but at least, you know, socially consciousness in that, in that board game arena. I mean, that, I think that's pretty much at the forefront. Like, yeah, like here's my new game and this is on Kickstarter and, you know, let's, you know, plug whatever things you're going on. And like, Hey, don't be a dick. Or like, Hey, make sure you're, you know, including all kinds of people. Like it, it's a very yeah. active yeah. part of, of, the, of the scene for sure. Well, for me, it's, um, yeah, I feel like I've become a little more uh, awake to what's going on on Twitter and kind of sharing some things that I know are that I'm concerned about and stuff like that. But I don't think I'll ever get off of Twitter just because I know there's a lot of it all there, but I tend to kind of steer away from it. You know, if somebody's going to try to throw shade at me, I'm just like, I don't really give a shit about you. Bye-bye. That kind of thing. You know, I when I started Twitter, I did it mostly for this po- for the podcast. And I've, you know, again, I wouldn't be on here if it wasn't for that. So, you know, I found a lot of good friendships and a lot of positivity through that. So I'll, I'll stick with that, you know. Um, with Facebook, the only thing I ever do is I basically just look for the people that I love, you know, and try to find some fun into that. And, you know, if there's something I need to address, that's, you know, real life issue, I'll kind of throw that up, but I have almost completely given up on Facebook just it, because it's a steaming pile of shit. I it mean, is. Terrible. And, and I, you know, and I, I know what they're doing. I know they're trying to, you know, get certain people to go certain ways with certain things. You know, it's like, you know, I'll look on my phone for, you know, for a thing. And then all of a sudden Facebook has 50 things for that. And I'm like, okay, I didn't look for that on Facebook. So, you know, and I understand they can circumvent all that shit, but you know, there was times where even it would be something I'd look up that was, you know, prevalent to COVID or the, or, you know, racism or something like that. And I'd, look at an article and then all of a sudden it's on Facebook and, you know, of course 
the people that are commenting on Facebook are just a bunch of shitheads. So you don't want to look at that because again, people are the worst. So, you know, unfortunately it might be a thing where I just get rid of it altogether. You know, I, I, I think the only reason I go on it now is to just update our Facebook page, which is dismal, (laughs) (laughs) which it really is. You know, I feel like most of what I get from the people that I know and the companies and, you know, people, you know, awesome people like you guys, like I've, I, I, I talked to you guys on Twitter. I don't, I don't need Facebook for that. You know, I feel like it's basically a a chore for me now, you know, but um, fortunately for me, I've got a awesome media manager and my wife that takes all the pictures and does all the posts now. And I love her for it. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I, the only reason I have a Facebook account is because John made me do it so we could schedule all the games. <laughs> exactly. I think, I'm, I think I'm the only IT guy that doesn't use Facebook. And I really stopped using Twitter probably a year or so ago. Um, but, you know, I just reading the news or seeing what's going on, I think the cheat I have is I've been going through and trying to read all the old kind of either modules or scenarios that I've never read before. So, you know, I'm trying to read through all the 5E stuff. You know, I've got the the new, um, you know, the Frost Maiden one and just all kinds of old ones. So instead of pulling up a tab, if you're, you know, working and, oh, check social media, I've just got a PDF, PDF up in the corner. And I'll just go through a couple pages just to read through because I know there's all, all the old ones. So I think the, the one I'm reading now is, you know, Die Vecna Die. So it's like super old, you know, <laughs> but it's just something to distract me. Because I, I, like John, I read a lot of books, but you can't really, you know, get into reading a novel or something when you're supposed to be working. You're taking a 15 minute break. So I've just got a PDF PDF up in the corner of, you know, some old, you know, modules, whether it's Call of, the, Call of the Cthulhu Dark Ages got released, you know, reading through all that kind of stuff just for, you know, 20 minutes instead of going and checking Twitter or, or going to read the news. So I've, I've blitzed through a whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of modules that I haven't read in a while or the newer ones out. So I've just been doing doing that to try to cheat and not look at the news too much, you know, throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. That, see, for me, it's been different because, you know, one, once we got back and all the stuff started blowing up, like I hadn't been a news watcher for a long time. And with everything going on, like I actually got back into that and started watching my local news a little bit more. Um, you know, like Kurt, I have Twitter for the podcast and we have Instagram and Tumblr and, you know, all, all the different things. So, you know, it's a, it's a fine balancing act to, to try to figure out how much, you know, where do you want to spend your time? Cause again, the time is the commodity that you own completely I mean, obviously you have to go to work or whatever, but, you know, how you direct your attention and spend your time is is tough, right? Because Twitter and, and the social media stuff is important to have your brand out there to, you know, release your episodes and coordinate your games and, you know, and meet people. I mean, I met everybody that's sitting here because of Twitter, you know, so like it's it, it's a thing that's valuable in, in that regard, because at the end of the day, it's about the people. Yeah. Um, and, and Twitter's easy enough to cure, you know, people are screaming about, you know, Cheeto guy this and, you know, we're going to recount and whatever's block, mute, 
you know, yeah. un, un, whatever it is, like you, it's easy to control that. So I've, I've kind of gone the other way where I, I don't spend more time with social media necessarily. Uh, I think I've done a better job at, at probably curating that. But yeah, I'm, I'm more into the news. I mean, especially with the election, like we watched, you know, uh, MSNBC for like five, six days straight. Like if someone was up, the TV was on and we were watching MSNBC. And then, you know, when the election was over and things kind of settled down, turned it off. And then like three days later, it's like, oh, wait, we're preparing for a civil war. Like everybody in the Pentagon has been fired and replaced. Like, what the fuck? I just turned the TV off like two days ago. What the fuck happened? Like, holy <laughs> shit. Well, I think for, from a social media standpoint, I think from you three guys, if to curate it because it's, you know, you have things you want to tell people. And when I signed up for Twitter in 2009, it was literally to follow the podcast that, you know, that was the reason I signed up originally was just to get that. So if you kind of, you know, separate that. And to John's point, I've always been a political junkie. So, you know, every election night, I always stay up and watch it. I stayed up for every parliamentary election. I stayed up for the Brexit vote because just having that and watching it, but it's that difference of finding out what's going on or watching it and seeing what's going on, but not being so invested. Then you have to go on social media and, you know, it's fun to be a shit poster sometimes, but you know, it, it overtakes you that it's, you can't change anything. You're not going to change anyone else's mind. Um, you might as well just find some people that, you know, you like reading or you like seeing their updates or, and just, you know, and that's probably a bad thing also because then you're siloing yourself to, you know, that's what everybody says. Oh, the problem is that no one talks across anymore. Everybody just has their own walled garden of whether it's on Facebook or I watch Fox News, but I don't watch MSNBC, that kind of thing where you risk doing that. But from a social media standpoint, I think you guys are right. It's like, hey, this I just dropped the new podcast or I've released this new game or, hey, you know, having that is much better for your mental health than getting involved in all the stuff going on. And like John said, maybe just watching it, just having it on, seeing what's going on. And to me, it was always it's like background noise. OK, so I know all kinds of crazy stuff's going on or the election or the recount or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I remember in 2000 with, you know, hanging chads and all that. I, I don't think I slept for three days because we just stayed up and watched it the whole time. But also realizing I'm not going to be able to affect that really. It's, you know, there's nothing I can do, but just to stay informed, but also to take that other part of it and go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to silo that off and then go find out when my favorite podcast, if there are new episodes out or things like that, there is that. And I think that's a problem. A lot of people have social media is they don't separate the, you know, if there are those two halves of it, of, Hey, I'm going to go talk, chat with my friends and see what's going on. Or also I'm just going to go call people names and, you know, send out dunk memes and stuff like that. You know, there has to be separation because if once they meld together, then that's your whole life of just being on edge and being grumpy and being aggravated. And it's really not worth it because you're not going to be able to change anything anyway. So, Yeah. Well, and to speak to your point a little bit and, and not to totally go to politics road as we sort of kind of come around towards the end of this, but you know, without you're talking about, you know, well, I watch Fox and I don't watch this or I watch CNN, but I won't watch, you know, whatever. I, I think, you know, because 
you know, again, the, the, the media is cultivated, right. And, and, you know, plays into politics and corporate end game capitalism, whatever, I, you know, they show you the extremes and, yeah. and that's what gets people all rankled up. You know, you see assholes with fucking ARs standing at the Capitol in Minnesota, whatever the fuck it was. They're clearly stupid. I have an AR as well. I'm not going to go fucking stand out in front of. It's just, it's stupid. They're way over here, and then you're like, "Well, you know, these guys are burning and blah blah blah, whatever." Okay, and maybe that's you know what it is. You know, they're way over here. Let's burn everything down. Let's you know fucking guillotines and whatever. Okay, great. <laughs> that's the only thing they're going to show you, and then you've got eighty percent people in the middle who may disagree on politics. And we're not talking about, you know, our trans people, people, or, you know, uh, you know, gay people get married or whatever. That's, that's not politics. That's, that's stupid. You could get 80% of people to disagree on like, well, I don't know, maybe we should raise the taxes or maybe we should lower the taxes or whatever. Like we elect this guy to town council and agree to disagree and have a rational conversation and not want to murder each other. But they show these two extremes because it gets everybody worked up. And then it's like, hey, we just funded, you know, whatever the defense bill was that went through with like two nay votes back over the summer. It's some ridiculous amount of money because they don't want you looking at that because, you know, we all got to enjoy the fact that Biden won because the Cheeto was insane, whatever. Like we, we have a normal person in the White House. But it's not going to change a lot of things. It, you know, he, it's going to be better, but it's politics. The, 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 the candidates that really shook everything up, you know, AOC and, and, and Sanders, they went, no, 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 no. Get the, who, who's, the, who's the guy in the middle? Oh, hey, 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 get him, get him. So it, it's the same. It's, it's not going to change. It'll be better. But it's not intrinsically going to change our political landscape all that much, and it's it is it's what it is, you know. John, before when I lived in Pittsburgh, I was the crazy right wing guy. When I lived in Charlotte, I was the crazy left wing guy. So you know, there's it is just a matter of perspective, right? It's nobody's really that far apart, and there is lots of distractions that's thrown out, and especially this year, there's just. In, in, in it's the media, it, you know, the media landscape we're in is, you know, with social media, with all the news channels, you just can't step away from it because it's always, always the way to get eyeballs is to be that one way or the other being that extreme. And I don't think most people are on the extremes. They're just like, look, just, just get some shit done. We just need some stuff. Let's move forward. Let's do this, this, and this. And, everything that's thrown up as a distraction then distracts you from all the other stuff, whether it's, you know, John said, you know, a big, huge defense budget or tax cuts, or I'm not, you know, we're not funding this or we're taking away funding from that because, you know, most people aren't going to be involved in that. They're going to want to scream about, you know, gun control or abortion rights or trans bathrooms or all that. That's distraction from what actually is going on. And, you know, so it's those those touch points that distract everybody, and especially this year. OK, well, you know, the masks and vaccines and closing and opening, you know, most places wouldn't argue about that. They would just say, look, lots of people are hurting. We know that stuff's closed and people aren't working and they want to go back to work. Let's try to find a way around that. But 
you know, that doesn't get on the news. That doesn't bring eyeballs to the screen. It's the, the yelling and screaming back and forth. And the joke always is. So if you have a crazy white right wing guy on a talk show and a crazy left wing woman yelling at each other, talking heads, I guarantee you once they go back to the green room, they probably went, yeah, that was a good episode. Good job. Wait to see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they know that's what gives them a job or gets them, you know, they're, they're really not that far apart, but they heighten the, you know, they heighten the distinction because that gets people to watch it. They're really probably, they don't hate each other. They're screaming at each other because they know that's what people want to see. I guarantee you, they probably, you know, went out and had drinks and had dinner afterwards. And it is, it's that separating people and having them yelling at each other. For the wrestlers of the political world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, facing the heel. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We all know it's funner to be the heel because it's funner to be the bad guy, you know, but right. it is, yeah, it's the face and heel. And then four years down the line, the heel will then be the face. Kind of, you know, it's, you know, Sean, you nailed it. About that. Yeah. I, I was going to say it's the, our, our news cycle has become the Morton Danny Jr. show, but there's probably like three people that would even understand the reference. Oh, my God. So you got it. You saved it. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah, yeah. Morton, Morton Downey Jr. Yeah. Is that I Robert Downey Jr.'s dad? I don't think so. Side note, I actually I have a, a CD, Morton Downey Jr. Sings. I have yeah. the record. That's how old oh I am. God. Oh my <laughs> god! Why? Why would anybody want so that? Oh, I just um, lost respect for everybody. And just just on a on a funnier note, Kevin, I understand why you dropped your Twitter because you were following Legends of Tabletop. So you know, you're oh, yeah, there's not wow. enough content here. So, to be fair, John John probably actually yeah. saved me. So I do have. I still have it. I just haven't used it in a while. But. I was, it was, I had a Twitter account, which was everything. And I let everything get to me. So it was that being that shit posty, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I did create a separate one. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to follow all my podcasts that I, you know, all that kind of stuff separate from my grumpy asshole one, because it's no fun. It really, and this was like 2017 after everything going on and it takes over your life. And my wife would say to me, well, you're really grumpy. I'm like, well, yeah, did you see what this guy from The Guardian, this article you wrote? And she's like, why do you give a shit? Why? You know, it's, <laughs> that guy on you know, MSNBC isn't really affecting you. Why are you sending him, you know, pig poop balls memes? He doesn't care. Why are you so grumpy about it? And it was, yeah, I have to have a separate account just to follow all the podcasts because it really yeah, gets your blood pressure going. And that's what Twitter does is they have to keep you engaged. They have to keep you on there. So there has to be some kind of outrage or and to be honest, that's why Trump isn't kicked off of Twitter because he brings them money, right? He brings them eyeballs. But I guarantee you on January 21st, after he's not president, they'll probably block him because he's not <laughs> worth making him any money anymore. <laughs> I, I don't think they will because he he has the ability to run again and probably will. Oh, 2024. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, He's he's gone or gonna be gone, which is great, but he's not out of the picture. I, so I have a, a friend who's who's you know politically involved, like that's his this thing. He's into all that kind of stuff, and you know we were you know he texted me. He's like, "Hey, congrats, your guy won." And I'm like, "Look, I would have voted for a rock <laughs> if it ran against Trump. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I would have voted for my cat 
if he was on the ballot. Like, it's whatever. And I was like, you know, like, he's going to get locked up, this and that. And he's like, nah, he's not. He's, he's not. And he's probably going to like he's he's going to be the kingmaker for the GOP now for for the foreseeable future, because he brought all the votes. Biden got the most votes at any presidential nominee ever. Trump got the second most. Like the, you, you can't lose that in the headline. Like and it was the down ballot stuff. So the presidential one was people went in and voted for Biden, but still voted for Republicans for all the other stuff. The same way in 2016, it was people didn't vote for Hillary in Wisconsin, in Michigan, and Pennsylvania, but they did vote for Democrats down ballot. You know, it's that. So there is, you know, it still is a you know fifty one forty nine or fifty point five versus forty nine point five country that people still, you know, th there is that divide that, of course, Biden got the most votes ever because there's more people now. But you know, well, I can yeah, understand. Yeah. yeah, I can understand. He's got the most votes of ever a challenger. But yeah. But Trump still got a shitload of votes, too. And they still picked up seats in the House. They're going to hold the Senate. And and I think, what did they say? If if they own they they control enough state houses that they could do a constitutional convention because they've got two thirds. You know, so that whole thing from 2008, they're still divided. You know, they might have voted for Obama twice, but they didn't vote for Democratic senators or Democratic state house. You know, it's the splitting tickets. There is nobody, nobody really anymore votes goes in and pulls the R or the D lever. It is really split. And a lot of it is kind of local stuff that divide, you know, that drives those kind of things. You know, all the energy is on, you know, the, you know, the presidential election, but most people, all the voting they do is local stuff, whether that's, you know, city council or, house or whatever those are the things that everybody voted for biden but they still voted the other way or you know i like trump because he you know he makes people angry that i, I like to see get angry but i'm still gonna vote for democrats for my senator that kind of thing so yeah. yeah i i would like to think i at least i hope that you know a lot of people went in you know and they just sort of voted the ticket right so like you know their, their grandparents are Republicans and their, their parents are Republicans and they grew up, you know, being so they just went in, they see the yard and they pulled the lever because I, I really don't think that there's that many 70 million people that are like, fuck everybody. You know, like I just I, I can't I, I can't believe that in my heart of hearts. Like I'm not a people person per se. Like I'm, you know, an introvert, I, you know, I, when people that I'm close to, like, yeah, like it's what I'll tell you more stuff than you could ever possibly want to know about, <laughs> about things that happen or whatever. But I, I can't imagine there's that many people that are like, yeah, you know, we, we need to shoot everybody up and build walls and, and do all those things. I, I just, I, I can't imagine. I, I, I feel like that's just got to be a, a, an ingrained sort of party thing. And like, maybe there's 10% of that 70 million people that are the guys who are, you know, not wearing masks, all fucking kitted out, standing on the state house steps. But I, I can't imagine that's the large majority of those people. I, and if it is, that's, that's horrible. That's fucking horrible. I don't think it is. I think a lot of it is. And we saw it over here with all the Brexit vote and then with Boris Johnson winning that he got a whole shitload of labor voters voting for him and the whole Brexit thing. Wasn't necessarily, it, it was people saying, look, this is probably going to 
redound badly on us because trade deals or jobs or whatever, but they just didn't give a shit because no one was listening to them. And I think the same thing in the States was politicians aren't listening to them. So they may not be voting for Trump because of everything Trump believes, or they may not be voting for Biden for everything Biden believes, but it is that no one's listening to me anyway. So I don't give a shit. This guy's yelling the most. This guy makes them the maddest, whether it's, you know, I'll vote for Biden because my uncle is a MAGA guy and it's going to piss him off. Or, you know, I'm going to vote for Trump because, you know, you know, my Democratic congressman doesn't, you know, didn't bring back enough poor. I think that is literally what it is. I think it is the political class isn't listening to people and is that that kind of a kick in the ass of what they're voting for. Boris Johnson is terrible. He was famous for being on TV, but people just said, oh, he's funny. He was funny on TV and he's got weird hair and no one's listening to us anyways. I think that's what a lot of politics is now is we're not being listened to. I mean, if you go to West Virginia or if you go to Aurora, areas in Michigan or, you know, old Rust Belt, no one's getting listened to from, the, you know, from either side. So people are just like, well, screw it. I'll just, you know, and it was, you know, people said it's a middle finger, whether it is I live in New York, so I'm going to vote for Trump or I live in, you know, Battle Creek, Michigan, I'm going to vote for Biden. You know, it is that just giving a middle thing. I, I think that is what it is. It's just more that lashing out of I'm going to be contrarian because no one's listening to me anyways. I don't think it is deep. That, obviously, there's always that 20% on each side deep down believe it. But I think a lot of it is just no one listens to what I say anyway. So who gives a shit? I'm going to do that just to, you know, shake people up. Yeah, we I get got voting a lot of people that are, that are like <laughs> voting there's a lot of people that are um, kind of one or two big issues that are for them. Like, you know, Trump thinks this, and I believe this as well. This one issue, yeah. I don't care about all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just care about this one thing that's important to me. So I'm going to hyper focus on this, and that's the guy that wants to do my thing. So that's the way I'm going. I think in the, from the U.S., so you've got the two-party system, so everything has to be subsumed into those two parties. If you have like a parliamentary system where this is the Green Party, this is the business party, this is the trade party, this is the union party, you know, you have that fracturing where you can make coalitions. But if you're if you're a Democrat, you have to believe this, 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 and this because the Republicans believe anti this this and this so whether you're a yeah. you know a second amendment or whether you're you know a free speech or you know abortion rights or you know th you get distracted by this the kind of social stuff but that has to be going somewhere when you only have two parties they have to so if you're a i want taxes cut because i own a small business and i need whatever or you know i'm a medicare for all person you know that kind of thing there's really no choice. It is the two of them. That, so it has to get, and that heightens the distinction between the two and everybody just starts screaming about that one thing. And the politicians know if I heighten, if I focus on this specific thing, I'll get my voters out, but ignore all the other stuff behind it. What well, was it this year that the Republicans didn't have a platform. There wasn't any planks in the platform. It was just, we're going to run and win because Republicans know how to win and win elections. That's all they do. You know, the yeah. same thing in, in the UK, the Tory party is kind of amorphous on what they believe. They just know we want to be the party in power. It was always, 
we'll never nationalize the railways. We'll never nationalize airlines because that's state socialism or whatever. As soon as COVID hit, Boris said, we're going to nationalize the railways. We're going to nationalize the airlines. So, you know, it's, we have to do what we have to do. And Repu- Republicans and Tories are a, the parties that are set up to win elections. And Labor and Democrats are parties set up to deliver something. They just don't know what. And everybody, you know, it is all up in the air. It's funny that you mentioned it because you're, I mean, you're 100% right that the Republican Party's platform this year was, we're not the Democrats. And Trump's getting yeah, Trump is the president. That's, that's really what it Democrats. was. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, it worked. He, you know, almost, he got it almost votes. worked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, down ballot, it worked because they're going to hold the Senate and they picked up seats. You know, in, in any other time with the economy the way it is, you know, a, a mass pandemic, there's no way that whoever was running should have got 40%. If you're the incumbent, there's no way you win 40% with everything that's gone on this year. There's no way. It's it's a given. It's a slam dunk. The other side wins, and they screwed it up so bad that they they almost lost. I mean, if it wasn't for you know Michigan and Pennsylvania switching, which wasn't a given, he he would have won. And when I was looking at the map, you know, the electoral college map, I'm like, yeah, he's going to win again because I don't see you know Arizona flipping. I didn't think that was going to happen. Georgia yeah. flipping. There was no way I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. So you know, yeah, really, you know. F- Kudos to, you know, the people of Georgia. But to me, I was like, he's going to win again because there's nothing that's changed. There's nothing fundamentally that the other side is saying other than we're not him. That's not how you win elections. You don't say we're not him. You have to deliver things. You have to say things. And that's how Trump won in 2016. He said he he may have said, I'm not her, but I'm going to do this, this, this and this. Now, he may have not done it. He may have been lying, but that's what he said. And Hillary just kept saying, well, I'm not him. Vote for me. And she had the baggage of being Hillary to begin with. It's not surprising that's the way it's turned it out. You know, it did that it was so close. I'm a bit surprised it was that close, but I'm, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm really not. They should have whoever was in power now should have been just swept out of office with everything going on. So that What's shows you behavior. I mean, not even just the stuff in the background. Like the the behavior is enough that people should just be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, but I, some know. people like that, though. You know, and it, it goes back to that. No one's listening to me anyway. So this guy's going to go up and say stupid shit. And, you know, th- the funniest thing about Trump is there's a lot of stuff that he says that is probably, you know, he, he probably gets to the root of something true. But no one's ever said it before because you're not supposed to say it or, you know, you know, st- the, the power of, you know, this group or you know, you know, things that about the media, the media is, you know, biased. Well, yeah, they are maybe not as much as he says, but they are, you know, th- there's kernels of truth to everything he says, but he just, you know, he, he puts like clown makeup on and screams at you. So it doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't do it, you know, very nicely, but you know, Democrats would never say that, you know, th- there's lots of things he's done and he said that uh, stuff's run the wrong way or, or this or that. I'm not, I'm not saying anything he's done. I, I would have voted for Jerry McCorbin. So that just shows you where I stand politically, <laughs> but you know, he is speaking to something that people feel that's not being listened to. And, you know, you know, a, a broken clock's right twice a day. Right. So, you know, Right. We're going to circle back around because we've completely lost Kurt. <laughs> <laughs>
you guys are saying everything that needs to be said. So, yeah, we we went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so so we'll, we'll we'll start to wrap this up then. So so Kurt, what what are you working on? What's coming up? What's happening in the MFG world? What are you looking forward to? Well. We're staying straight and narrow, it feels like, these days. Um, we're kind of keeping on the campaign that you're on with uh, the D&D campaign with you and John Beta. Uh, we're going to – we're currently on the Hell is Going to Hell D&D campaign, which is awesome, going awesome. I've really enjoyed working on that and running it for you guys. And uh, I actually talked to you guys the other day about doing it full-time for now on just to kind of – forever yes <laughs> just because you know growing up like i didn't have a i didn't have a full-time dnd group we did like you know a few things here and there and wasn't anything you know so it's nice to be able to do that but uh we'll still we're st- I, I still want to sprinkle in more board game stuff we actually have some uh board game companies that are graciously sending us some stuff our way like uh cosmos will be sending my city uh reiner Knizia's, uh uh, city building game so we'll be uh reviewing that soon once we get it shipping has been kind of terrible on all fronts so i don't blame cosmos for that it's just the way it is uh also have um uh peter newland from uh 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 oh my god i forgot his company already <laughs> oh terrible, my god. terrible come on yeah, i know mind the gap mind the gap studios his um <laughs> dexterity game flapjack flip out he's going to send a copy of that for us to review which that'll be fun because we actually have that game he's sending us a review copy but we might actually just give that away um but i want to actually do a video for that uh but yeah we've got some stuff kind of in in the works and i've been wanting to work on more video stuff with the family because i have some awesome ideas and one of them involves logan wearing a mustache so i'll stick with that nice (laughs) Hey, it's November, so it's perfect. Time, yeah. Right? yeah, that's right. That's right. He grew it himself. <laughs> we should also point out that you've now got uh, an itch page, and you've got a furry woodland creature WWF style uh, core product. Uh, core is the system that underwrites or, or under, you know, is the the bones that the uh, Day Trippers game hangs on so uh todd has uh, created a, a, a the core system you know sort of pulled all that stuff out and gives you the bare bones this is how the system works uh and he's looking for people to uh to to essentially hack that and uh and create their own systems and then uh submit those in uh, hopefully to uh, be uh, compiled in an omnibus there's a uh, revenue sharing all that kind of stuff going on I'll have to go back and throw a link in the show notes, but but Kurt took advantage of that. You want to tell us a little bit about the yeah. uh, the core game that you put together? Yeah, I put done. I put together a game called Welcome to the WWA, which is a woodland creatures uh, style uh, role playing game where it's woodland creatures wrestling. Uh, you kind of make up your own little thing, whether you're fighting in the woods or you're fighting underground. You know, you you. Uh, name your creature you name their finishers and their moves and kind of set them up and uh yeah it was one of those things where like i was actually going to make this into a board game which i might still actually make because i like to kind of pair the two up and uh todd foley from uh as if productions was like do you want to 
you know, use this, use core and make this an RPG. And I was like, well, I probably could do that. We'll see, you know, that kind of thing. And he's been really awesome in the process of kind of helping me out, uh, work that up. And I've had uh, a couple other people help me out with kind of like some uh, terms and stuff like that. And it's come out quite well. And I'm surprised because usually when I, you know, when you do things, you're like, eh, no one's going to give a shit about this, you know, and uh, put it on itch and it's already gotten, I think, six downloads already. And it's on drive through and it's already gotten 20 plus downloads. So I'm super stoked about it. And it's free. So uh, I think you might, I think for the core system, I think it's a pay what you want kind of thing. If I remember that uh, correctly, I think Todd. it might be free for the, for the rules for that. Okay. I, yeah, I have to go, I'll go back. I'll, when I put the link in, I'll, I'll throw up some info. Sounds good. But yeah, my, my game is free. It's just something I, I didn't want to charge anybody for it just because it's like, just my dumbass just putting some words out there and, <laughs> I, I'm actually really proud of it. I'm glad that people have uh, have played it. I haven't gotten any technical reviews yet, but I've gotten a three out of five stars on drive through. So I'm pretty proud of myself for that. I like it. Pretty good. Cool. Cool. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Who has ever done? Whoever did that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what do you guys got going on, Sean? What, what, what's the status of projects you have that are they're coming in? I know you guys got the. Um, yeah, the, the proofs, I guess, for, for uh, the Dinos game. Uh, where, where are things at with uh, Thing 12? Uh, so Dinos, uh, we just got pictures from manufacturing, like, in progress. Uh, so those should be palletized either this week or next week. And uh, those are, will start going out uh, out on a ship. We're trying to get them. Uh, apparently, there's two different ships out of, out of, uh, out of China. Uh, there is a fast boat and a slow boat. Uh, so figure. the old saying is actually true. Uh, so if they can get it done in time, we can actually hit the fast boat and get it to us quicker, which is what we're trying to do. So, I mean, that's, that's only on the manufacturer side. We have zero input on it, but um, we've approved everything. So uh, we're hoping to have things physically to us um, early, mid-December. So we might be able to get a couple things out prior to Christmas. We'll see, uh, but that's kind of the goal. Um, we're also working on a bunch of games for 2021. Uh, the biggest is Dice of Pirates, or sorry, Dice of Dragons. Jeez, Dice of Games. Uh, really focusing <laughs> on Dice of... you got it wrong? Jeez. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Dice <laughs> of Dragons, and we've changed that one to be completely cooperative. So I'm going to start reaching out to reviewers that uh, focus on cooperative games and are interested in playing that kind of stuff. And uh, we're getting some 3D printed copies made so we can get those sent out uh, and working on the illustrations of what the cars are going to look like and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've got two abstract games that are gonna, we're aiming to have out for 2021 on Kickstarter as well. Uh, those will be a bundled thing. And we're starting a, a whole line for these abstracts. And we're going to do something a little different that might might piss a certain type of group of uh, people off, but uh, uh, we're focused on being inclusive, so we might be pushing some buttons. But uh, it's on like I don't care if it makes so that's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, and we've got a couple other games that we've got at uh, Tabletop Sim that we're uh, working on as far as like you know doing a little bit of play testing and whatnot. So lots of different irons in the fire that uh, we 
have kind of like crested over that wave of nobody has any creative energy to do anything with that we can actually start pushing things forward now. So that's cool. Okay. And, and dinos is the only thing that's sort of outstanding Kickstarter wise at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that we are going to be getting out to all the backers and it looks awesome. Like it's just gorgeous. Uh, people are, Those really meeples are so cute. Oh, they're adorable. <laughs> and everything's like free punch. So like you just open the game and boom, you can get ready to play. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. I'm really excited about Dice of Dragons. We actually, me and John play tested it for you, and I'm really excited about it. I really like where you, yeah. the changes that you've made and stuff like that. I'm super stoked. We may be having meeples with that as well. Custom meeples. Oh my them. God, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take much. <laughs> I'm not a co-op guy by any stretch of the imagination. because yeah, you're a meanie. I <laughs> But it, but it is fun. Like it, it's a fun game. I mean, it it's you know, it's enjoyable. It has some interesting mechanics and stuff. It's it's a little bit different than than the other you know dice of games in the system. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't be my go to, but it it is definitely you know one that I you know wind up picking up just because it's because it's you guys. And uh, it is a fun game, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, way to way to backtrack, John. I actually think this <laughs> is going to be the. I actually think this is going to be the best of the series. Quote wow. me. <laughs> I need I needed ideas for Christmas <laughs> presents. You guys gave me all kinds of ideas, so I'm good to go. Because <laughs> I've been struggling trying to think of Christmas presents this year. So, John, did the animals get fed? Did the animals get fed? <laughs> uh, yes, they did. <laughs> Sean, are you fed? <laughs> this animal didn't get fed. <laughs> you failed the animal. And what about you, Kevin? I mean, you're you're, you know, not a game designer, not not a podcaster on your own. But do you have anything that you're working on? Any stories you're working on? Game ideas, scenarios for Cthulhu, any kind of stuff like that? I have I have some stuff I I've, I've written from some of the games we played before for Cthulhu so they're kind of different period stuff so it was kind of around what we say late teens early 20s I think there was a big anniversary recently in the past week or so that KDKA radio in Pittsburgh it was their 100th anniversary of the first radio broadcast and I think it was the Warren G. Harding election. So that was like the first broadcast. So I actually did write a, I, I wrote, uh, I guess it would be a one shot, I guess, a Call of Cthulhu one shot kind of around the the first ever radio broadcast. So that, so I, I've, I've written a couple things from some of the stuff John and I and Neil have done in the past, kind of that, that era of late night, late night, late teens, early twenties. Um, Call of Cthulhu. So there's a few things I had. And then there were some other earlier period pieces I'm trying to think about, but I wanted to get those those around the the 20s done. So that's what I've been kind of working on a bit, especially with that anniversary coming up. And other than that, just waiting for John to email me when our next gaming session is. So um, <laughs> I think that's what that's what I've been focusing on and in, 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 in working lots of work. Like I said, making sure I Break break up my work day to to do some of that fun stuff in between. Well, hell, now that I know you got a couple scenarios ready to go, we'll have to get you in here to run something. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, we you've, you've got the characters from before, so that's that same time period. So, if you like Western Pennsylvania, West Virginia kind of area, I think we've got that covered. So, there you go. That's cool. 
Yeah, I, I, we had talked, I guess, a, I don't know, a year or so ago, maybe about what, well, like around a, ref, a Reformation period for Cthulhu scenario or something. I think we were talking yeah, about. Was, and then they they just released um, Dark Cthulhu Ages. Dark Ages. So yeah, so a lot of that will kind of not necessarily the same thing, but a lot of that would fit into, you know, it's easier to match some stuff up. So there is some Reformation. I think I was looking at maybe like French Revolution kind of stuff. Um, but I think I was Still focusing on. on Reformation and you know the, the early twenties, the, the typical pulp kind of kind of um, era for Cthulhu. Cool. All right, and we we're more or less on our regular schedule here. Uh, Neil is still uh, way late at the moment, so our fear game, rogue trader game, are kind of on hold for now. Uh, we have stuff that's going to release through the end of the year. At the, the next, the last fear game that we recorded is going to drop uh, starting next week, and our last rogue trader game will drop in that cycle as well. Uh, we have picked up a new game. Uh, Oscar Rios is running us through a new uh, Cthulhu Invictus campaign we've been running. We've got four sessions done. Um, they won't hit the podcast feed till sometime next year. Uh, I just finished editing uh, the, the final episode of Mad Woman of Rubra. That was with uh, Bill Adcock and Keeper Chad from the MU podcast. Um, that campaign ended and we sort of left that uh, as life tends to get in the way of these things. Our Day Trippers game is going strong. Uh, we're, we're like episode 32. I just have a ton of those in the can. Um, and maybe we're going to have Kevin run a couple of things. We have a couple of unreleased things that are still coming out. Uh, Patreon is is getting all of those things. Uh, things won't ever be behind a paywall completely, uh, but uh, some of the games that haven't been released to the feed just for time constraints, uh, they're available up there. Uh, and, and the regular episodes... Maybe we wind up doing some more of those. Again, that's that's a completely me thing. Um, the focus has really been sort of on the actual play stuff and more than likely is going to continue to be so. Uh, I'm on this podcast. I'm on Jesse's podcast. I'm kind of quarter host maybe like on the MFG cast <laughs> and, and, and that ongoing campaign over there. So like my, my time is pretty maxed out as far as all that stuff goes. So what you see is what you get. <laughs> I don't think you're doing enough, John. You slack. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple ideas for some core stuff, but I, that's not something that I can commit to. Uh, it might be something I sort of dick around with on the sidelines and, you know, something sort of comes out of that. Uh, something comes out of it. Uh, Jesse helped me put together a hack of lasers and feelings. That's essentially done. Um, waiting for Jesse to kind of do layout for that. You know, he's got kids and podcasts and work responsibilities. So again, it's, you know, one of those things that's sort of hanging around in the background and if it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't come out, it doesn't come out. I don't like it's whatever. <laughs> so, so we'll see about all that. Uh, but I, I think we could probably wrap it there. Yeah. I mean, it's like two and a half hours. <laughs> what a, Thank you guys all for coming on. Sean's wife is eagerly awaiting him to finish this call. 
yeah. I, yeah, right? no, I, I would be too. It'd be like, who these hooligans? Who cares? <laughs> Why are you still doing that thing? Yeah, Jesus, your exactly. family is waiting for you. <laughs> they're hungry. They're crying. Oh, they're not going to wait for me for dinner. Trust me. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't know your family, but I figured this much. <laughs> Dad's the last to eat, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> So I thank you guys again for for taking time out of your evenings to come over and and hang out and thrash politics and COVID for a while. Uh, it's <laughs> always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. So uh, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Thank you. Yep, no, absolutely. Uh, I told you about Patreon. Our coffee is still for sale. That is still a thing, uh, even considering the stuff that's going on with Neil. Uh, so if you use the code LEGENDS10, you're going to get 10% off your order, and shipping is always free. There's a ridiculous slug in the show notes if you want to use that, or you can go to tinyurl.com forward slash legendarybrew. The code works on all of the, the, the brews over at Birds of a Feather Coffee, uh, so feel free to use that on anything. If you order the Legendary Brew, though, which is a fantastic medium roast, that little bit of that money comes back to the show. And we appreciate that when you do that. Ratings, reviews on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher of choice is, is supremely helpful. It gets more eyes on the podcast, and we appreciate that as well. We're on Amazon now, apparently, because they control all the podcasts for everything. Uh, we're on Spotify and all the places that you find all the things. So just type us in Google or I stopped using Google. I use DuckDuckGo now because they don't track all your searches. So, like, that's a thing. <laughs> Watch the social media, whatever whatever the social dilemma, whatever the fucking thing is on Netflix. You're not going to learn anything new probably because I think everybody already gets it. But it's worth a, list, uh, worth a watch. It'll give you a pause, maybe think about how you do some of your social media stuff, how you interact with the internet and things. But that's a whole different conversation. Now, John, I thought we were wrapping this up. What happened? I'm, I I'm digressing. You know, it's you know, it's whatever. Nah, you've never done that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank everybody for checking it out. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.